Life and death and love and birth and peace in war on the planet Earth. Is there anything that's worth more than peace and love on the planet Earth? Whoa, come on and Yeah, you know what that sound means. It's the Boy Hattie Podcast. Oh, it helps if I hit the fucking... Oh, you know what? Because we're recording a backup, that could still be in the podcast. I forgot to hit the record button. Anyway, yeah. Bill's very sad because he wasted opening his can of soda on uh, a moment when we were recording the podcast. But you know what? This is the Boy Hattie Podcast. Fuck were it. you aware? Yeah. Were you aware, everybody? We're coming at you live from <clears throat> Bill's basement. I'm Annie. Uh, uh, I got shit in my throat because I'm Bill. I had too much chicken last night. Man, I am getting over my third cold in a month. What are you doing? I'm living, living life bad. <laughs> I'm just grateful. When I was in Texas, my sister got fucking strep throat. And I managed to not get that even though I was staying with her. You're so, staying at her house? Yeah, I was staying at her house. I was You're like in a hazmat and suit? And her. No. Oh, that's well, such a Christmas! She got uh, diagnosed the day before we left because she yeah. wasn't feeling well. Yeah. You know, she's sniffling and sneezing and all this shit. Oh, and I was just like, oh, just I don't think I've ever had strep throat before. I haven't either and I don't want to. See, this is a nice thing working from home being a fucking cave troll is I don't have to talk to anybody so yep. I, ra- I rarely get sick. Bill, I'm here to give you my cold. I don't give you, but that's the other the great thing working from home. If I do get sick, I'm working from yeah. home. It's, I can just like, I'll go play video games. All day. I mean, there's work, like, especially now because I spent the last like six months not really doing anything. Yeah. Kind of fucking around and I need to get back to work now and I do actually do have some very specific work things to tend to but overall in a general sense of me sure. as a human Cosmically. being, I need to get back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should not be like reveling the idea that like, I just, I just play Bloodborne all day, but it is nice to have that option. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It was my my mom was like, yeah. So if you guys feel any like strep like symptoms, call the doctor immediately <clears> and like you know get on antibiotics immediately so you can get over it. Because um, poor Foley had a work trip that she had like a week after we got back, so she's like, she's, I can't yeah. get sick. So but she's in California, which is all beautiful and sunny. Oh sure, yeah. When you're working 14 hours a day doing physical labor for three weeks yeah, in exactly, a row, yeah. that's uh, exactly when you get sick. But um, yeah, so I called the doctor because I'm like, doctor. I'm congested and I have a headache and I feel achy. Do I have strep throat? Aww. And you could hear the nurse very patiently going, does your throat hurt? Like, a little. Like, does it feel like there's a Mack truck backing up me through sickies. your throat? <laughs> well, have you had strep no. throat before then? No, I don't know what the symptoms are. But... Seems, yeah, me neither. And like, how do you tell the difference between that and a really bad stuff? Well, it's your, all in your throat. It's Is that like when you get you're... stripes in your throat? Ah, you are asking me You think you just look in the mirror and if you've that'd got the called, stripes and you got stripes. I think that would be called thro- stripe throat then. No, yeah. it's strep throat. Yeah, no, so I was just like, like a candy cane. But I was genuinely just like so scared of being sick. I was like, M- M- yeah, because you got a real M- job. Strap. You got a house. That's right, you got dude. Shit to take care of. You got shit to do. It's me. If I get sick, that just means like my candy doesn't get eaten fast. <laughs> so my I apologize. Alkaloids. I apologize, dear boy, boy Hattie Nation, to be sniffing oh. and, and snuffling into a microphone again. But uh, here we are. Bill's eating candy during the podcast, as you know, a good podcast. I pulled a muscle in my jaw the other day, which I don't know how I did that. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those things where, like, man, this if I were a porno star, maybe I could have gotten this from like sucking dick or something like that. But it's this weird thing where, like, oh, it's the muscle, like, yeah. Bill, is it is it just you in your sleep thinking about Daniel Craig's butt? Oh, now it's fucking Channing Tatum too. Like, how you doing? Did you see the Channing Tatum and Channing Tatum's wife? What is she hot? And she also hot because she dressed like Tanning Tatum. Yeah, so uh, I I am not necessarily a fan of the lip sync battle because it's just really? such a gimmick. Because it's I mean it's but sh- that's the whole point. It's, it's shallow just, as a sidewalk, but that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. There's just something about it where I'm just like, God. well, depending on the stars and the songs they have. Exactly, but um, uh, yeah, Channing is that Tatum, a whole TV show now? Yes, it is. Well, they made a whole show of it. What? Who's the late late? Was it just Jimmy Kimmel? That's a segment on a show these yeah, days. Yeah, I think it was either Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. No, it was Jimmy Fallon. 
Okay, but I didn't realize someone had actually turned just the all-star lip-sync bullshit into its own fucking TV show now. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty great because, um, yeah, Channing Tatum's wife did Genuine's Pony basically doing, uh, spoofing her husband's dancing. Yeah, it she was did all the grinding and everything. Really yeah. good. It was so really, what really was good. he dancing to? It was a Beyonce song, Yeah, right? he did, Girl he did, yeah, yeah, Run the World. Which is yeah. great because Beyonce comes out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get Beyonce like, for like, that? So many times it's just, like, weird stunt shit <laughs> instead of, like... Welcome to TV! I you know. know. I kind of like the lip-sync battle stuff because it kind of harkens back to the old, like, terrible 70s yes. like tv celebrity yes. kind of like shows schmaltzy yeah. like variety shows yep and so Agreed. i'm kind of down with how like yeah exactly because beyonce comes out and then, of course like shannon table's like oh it's beyonce yep. i didn't expect yep. this yep. and it's 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 i kind of like it even I though i didn't that. know the show existed until you like you were like forwarding clips of that <laughs> it was pretty cute yeah but yeah oh man oh man so well, who's channing table's wife is she like a dancer or, like she's, a, she's also a pretty a lady uh, that is all I know about. She'd get a bump and a grind. Here's There's what happens. Where I was like, "Damn, okay." Here's what happened. I saw, I saw someone linking like, "Oh, the Tatum's did a uh, fucking lip sync battle." Yeah. I'm like, "The okay, Tatum's." I don't care. And then I, I started to watch it. I was like, "Oh, this is extremely relevant to my interests." Yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. googled her, and then I just read her Wikipedia entry, and all I can remember from it is that she's also a dancer. Well, she's not a dancer, like pretending to be Magic Mike. She's just like a normal looking lady. She's not she's like a, a regular human. She's not like an awesome hot butch lady. Well, anymore. I mean, she's a she's a a woman in Hollywood married to Channing Tatum. I bet you she is normally pretty fucking. Oh, boo! That sucks. You know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, she's a good Magic Mike. She was, did a very good Magic Mike. It was yeah. very very funny. <laughs> she got um, that hat and everything like that. It was, it was Spoilers really, really for good. people who listen to this podcast. Uh, podcast. You should watch Magic Mike because it's out. It's a good show. <laughs> it's no, not the first or last time we said that. Everyone's talking about the best movies they saw last year, and I'm trying to think. I mean. I think I may like as in terms of pure entertainment. Yeah. I think Magic Mike XXL was the yeah. most fun I've had watching a movie last the year. Best, more than Mad Max, more yeah. than Star Wars. The more best than... experiences I had in the movie last year were at um, Magic Mike and uh, the Longest Ride. What <laughs> <laughs> the Longest Ride? The Longest Ride is that terrible, terrible Nicholas Sparks movie. movie yeah. I seen, which I watched both those movies over Christmas break with my is sister. That the Harrison Ford shows up and he's like an no. older version of nope. the guy. No, nope. uh, Alan Alda shows up. No, that's what it is. Because I know it's uh, old Yeah. And those are also both movies that also don't necessarily hold up as well on second viewing. Which isn't to say that Magic uh, Magic Mike holds it better. I than think the Magic Mike XSL gets better. But it's I, this generation's Ghostbusters. I feel it's like about it's about a bunch uh, of random guys getting together for a little business thing and having fun and hanging out. Yeah. I I felt like it. The the fun of it was the magic of discovering it, and really? it worked really well the first time and pretty well the second time. But it it I feel like there's a see there's a difference for you because you're a lady and you like this is a like unique thing where I just like Magic My XL because I think it's just a funny comedy movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it has great it's dancing. It's a fun and stuff. movie. Yeah. But like I think we're getting too like I'm just more just like ah it's funny whereas you it's more of a unique experience to you and you're yeah not it's used to being pandered to and stuff yeah whereas i'm just like oh they, they also have nice butts <laughs> they have daniel craig butts but yeah it's uh, interesting to see a movie with the female is the like hottest that. dancer the werewolf guy he is my favorite that seems to be everyone's united that everyone there's no uggos the other thing that i don't know if i talked about this on, on <laughs> i feel like this suddenly turns into a magic mic podcast i don't know guess. if we talked about this at all but my right. sister while i was in texas also showed me some outlander because she's really into outlander and she mentioned... was she was talking about how the protagonist yeah. is so dreamy Really? And like so handsome, it's kind fair, of generic. She has a thing for accents, so that's ninety nine percent of it right there is a Scottish accent. But uh, yeah, she's like, oh, he's so he's so handsome, and he, but he's you see, he's innocent, and he's blah blah blah. And I was just sitting there going, you and I have very different tastes. 
He's not really raw for burly or anything like he's that. He's not. Yeah. He's not my type. I'm like, I don't need a delicate, Which, delicate I guess baby man. The second season, rather than the Scottish Highlands, everyone's like in Paris. Because all the pictures I see from the second season, everyone like he's dressed like Interview with a Vampire, and she's dressed like in a big hat and a hoop skirt and everything <laughs> like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that's you know that is part of the historical story of those books. But, yeah, know. man, you're 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 officially. Uh, so out- you did not care for Outlander. Well, I try. I tried to watch it before, and I tried to watch it with I my like sister. The and it's title just theme. Not mine. It's got good. Because you book. like fucking what's his name? Bear Grylls. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Uh, and, you know the guy who just does all the bagpipes and the kettle drums. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that music guy. You're yeah, just like that, is it dude. Bear Bear McCreary? That's yes, what it is. That's Bear it is. I got half is of it. Is Bear Grylls the guy who pisses on himself? <laughs> he he is the survivalist who famously drank his own pee once. Just on once? Show. Yes, oh, okay. I don't know once. if that was like his like not like habitual. Like he sells it in the store. Exactly. It's like Grylls. Guys, band I can piss. only pee so much. I I know I pee three times. <laughs> Limited a day, but, supply. It's three hundred dollars yeah. a bottle. Oh, Bill. Anyway, Man, we didn't do shit this weekend, huh? Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of was taking it, kind of taking it easy. It's been really, really stressful time right now. I'm going through a really hard time right now. So, uh, the only video game I really played this week was um, Amplitude. What'd you think of that? I uh, I backed it on Kickstarter because um, at the oh, time, oh, really? That thing? Well, at the time, I had a friend who worked at Harmonix, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm supporting them. Literally, they quit, now you're kind of well, no. The week after the Kickstarter closed, they got laid off. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they were part of the big... Because I know they had massive layoffs. My, my dear friend was part of the layoffs. So I was oh, like, no. So at the time, I was going like, fuck Amplitude. So I got a notification, and I hadn't been following... I, re- I didn't subscribe for a notification. Oh, so you got like... Not, you don't want to say a free copy, but... Well, I mean, I paid for it. Yeah. I paid for it before the Kickstarter. And... Because um, I just downloaded I, uh, the demo. I uh, bought it, and I never played the original games. So um, my... Were they like PlayStation 2 games? Like? I believe they were. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially set the precedent for the Guitar Hero stuff. Yes. They want to work on yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah, I, I, I actually, it was scratching some sort of primitive itch in my brain. I have to admit, and I because uh, like you're on a track and you hit the button, and it's kind of like Guitar Hero Rock Band. Yeah. So but... yeah, it's it's not it's it's it is a rhythm game where um at least I'm playing on baby mode, frolic mode. That's what so, I put on. I still fuck it up. It's uh, there are like let's say five to six tracks in a level, and each track, when you're on that track, you can press L1, R1, R2 to hit specific spots. It never the track. gets more complicated than that. Just three. I'm buttons? only on baby mode, okay, so see, that's I don't only know. I played too. Presumably, okay. if I turn it up, like maybe there'll be other inputs, no, or okay. they'll just ask for inputs faster. And um, so the dynamic is not only, and so each track will be like this will be synth. That one will be bass. That one will be vocals. Those yeah. will be drums. And uh, as you sex, uh, succeed in playing that track, then that part of the song becomes active. So the vocals won't become active until you play the vocal track. The drums won't become active until you become, play the drum at, uh, track. And uh, you kind of have to hop between them. So that's kind of where strategy may be too strong a word, but like there's like an added layer of difficulty because as you switch tracks, you then have to react to this new track, mm-hmm. um, which may have like an instant like input requirement and uh yeah i don't know it was uh i i'm nor- it's normally not my sort of game and i don't know how much i'll play it but uh it was definitely scratching a primitive itch okay. uh with me the little bit i played I gra- it. like i think because i just downloaded the demo on playstation 4 like i've only got like access to three songs mm-hmm. and i play a little bit it's i do like the idea that this is, it's essentially the same inputs as guitar hero but like uh your spaceship now yeah, and it, but still, you're flying down a track with notes on it. But yeah. I just kind of like the idea. Like, I can totally see, like, oh, how this when when they were first coming up with 
<coughs> guitar and hero and rock band, you can totally see how they went. Like, well, instead of a spaceship, what if you're just like hitting the notes? And yeah. Because like, you know, it's still just like shit screaming at you. What are we talking about? How well, we're talking about amplitude. Something. What's really funny is that there's a, not funny, but uh, there is a campaign mode to it beyond just a quick play. And the campaign mode has a narrative to it. What? And uh, it's what? really vague and very slightly Do you done. have to say like Sheena Easton from the No Music Monsters you, or something? As you, like, so the campaign... Uh, the songs, if you pay attention, the songs are kind of like they t- they're titled like wetware and like, yeah, I saw that, yeah. brain trauma or something like that. And so like there are all these kind of things that are vaguely related to the idea of like the brain and stuff mm. and, and that sort of stuff. And um, uh, the campaign mode, it's exactly like quick play where you're just kind of a, a, a play, you know, this thing going down a track, but you hear these little snips of dialogue at the beginning that are things like prepare, prepare the injection point or something like that. Oh, like, okay. And like, don't you give up on me? Like, that is not what it is, but it's that sort of shit where the implication is that you are actually clearing pathways in this person's brain. Oh, okay. That's which is kind of a, I mean, it's, it's very more context spare. than I would have imagined the game had. Yeah, yeah. And then the songs kind of are implied to have a, like a little <clears throat> more context to it. That's why a lot of the songs are original. Yeah. Also, I'm sure they did it all original. Well, you know, you know what the original like story this. of Tetris was? Tetris was supposed to have Lay it on me, buddy. Uh, Here comes you, the joke. You're a Russian spy uh-huh. and you've been injected into the president and you're trying to make <laughs> fat blocks cl- clog up his arteries. And so that's why you're trying to fill up uh, the, the Tetris world. Actually, there that's complete go. opposite of what you're trying to do. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's scratching a sort of itch. The other thing I was doing this week kind of related that made me think about that at least was, um, you know, I've been having a really hard time, so I've been trying to do self-care shit. And uh, the uh, I, I, one of my d- the days this week, I'm like, I'm going to listen to things while I work this week because I'm doing really kind of like things where I have to use half my brain yeah. and kind of listen to something. So I'm like, I don't really want to listen to a podcast or anything. So I listen to one day I listen to all the episodes of a TV show called Dogs 101, where it's like seven minute focuses on dog breeds. And I watched like they're like 70 installments. And I watched okay, all that's of them. The show notes. Dogs 101. I watched all of Dogs 101 because <laughs> like I have a bad habit. You know how sometimes straight couples are like, I'm having a hard time. We're going to have a baby yeah. and this will solve our problems. I'm totally thinking like uh, Annie Maloney is having a, a mentally hard time. If I get a dog, I'd solve my problems. This, I, this is not the first time I've had this thought. At least a couple of problems. Like I want a warm cuddle body. It would solve, it would then cause 80 bajillion other problems. Yeah. But, um, oh. irrationally fully made fun of me like that the other day. She's like, you want to get a baby? You want to have a baby? Don't, that doesn't help anything. I'm like, better to want a dog than a baby though. This is true. This is very true. Anyway. Um, so I was watching all these dog videos. And then I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I never watched all of, um, I never watched all of the Double Fine Adventure documentary. Um, cause I was a Kickstarter backer for the Double Fine Adventure and with the, um, the, uh, Psychonauts 2 campaign wrapping up. Um, I've been watching a lot of the content that Two Player Productions has been making in support of that. Specifically, they've been doing these devs play videos that have been really compelling, especially because they're playing games that I have a context for. Like, I love playing Spyro the Dragon. I love playing Crash Bandicoot. Um, They taught, and they did. uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time Which is one of my favorite games of all time And uh, Assassin's Creed 2 okay. And I'm like these are all games I have a context for So I was really enjoying them And it kind of gave me a hankering for more of that So I'm like I'm going to go back and watch the Double Fine Adventure documentary That was a really bad idea For self care Really? Why? Oh because well, everyone's panicked and freaked out It's a right? bad situation yeah. You know it's like they don't like They ask for money and then they kind of You know 
they don't have enough and you see them struggling with it like the whole I mean it's all there in the documentary where they're like fuck we don't have enough money and like you see their business manager like I can get a million dollars from this and try something and then like we're gonna do the double fine bundle and I'm hoping we're gonna get a million from it and Tim Schiffer's like the game in half and well I mean and eventually they get to that because they're like we can't do anything else and it's just like it's just really upsetting to watch because they're these people who are really trying to do their best and they literally don't have the resources to do it but they know they can't like they can only say that so much and they're all aware the whole time that it's like that by splitting the game in half they're not going to get the kind of reception that they would have yeah exactly yeah. Chunk. they're not going to get the same kind of response that they would and uh, like the same financial response too and in a lot of ways they staked a lot of the company on the success of that game and uh, really I, I haven't gotten to the end of it but my guess is that the game basically hit even at the end and uh, they didn't really make a profit they didn't really make yeah, it's a not, loss it's not like the company went under but it's not like suddenly they were making yeah and it was one of those things where it was like you know I we've talked at length about Double Fine about how we both admire them and really like them but we don't necessarily always enjoy the games they make and like all this and that it was really hard to watch like people that you really admire and that you're really rooting for and in my case that I literally gave I only gave them $60 and that is like maybe like what 30 minutes of a programmer's time yeah exactly. Yeah. but it was you know it was I felt in a personal investment and personal stake in these people and to see them struggling so much and having such a hard time and breaking their backs to barely succeed it was just like one of the, and, and and knowing that that's been the story of double fine over the course of its entire yeah you know career it just did you watch like, the whole thing then did you finish it I got to um <clears throat> episode like 12 so I was a couple like it was like an episode or two after the release of the part one yeah and so uh, so I was getting to the end, but I was like, man, this is too hard. Because I know later on, they part of it is Could like... could have been the, that bad. They survived, but yeah. Well, I mean, like, part of it at the end... Oh, like, I heard, I'm like, it gets really heavy because there's layoffs in the studio. Well, no, that's the, the thing, because, like, the, yeah, they've had to, like... Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's not... It's that's the thing. I feel more bad for frogs. the smaller level people whose jobs are literally on the line. Oh, sure, yeah. It's like Tim Schafer's always going to have a job there. Like, it's not like he's going to get laid off, but it's 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 the middleware people, middle management. I don't know, like, dude. The, it's like, not fun being the creative person laying people off either. Well, I'm not saying it's fun for him, but at least, you yeah. know, at least he's no, still going to be... it sucks for everyone. Yeah, it sucks there's a little bit more of a job security if you're Tim Schafer than if you're just, like, one of the programmers. But... It's just so funny. You know, it's like, I, I, I love comics, and comics are full of people who are barely making it. Yeah. And it's me. Like, on all levels of comics and like it was just one of those things where it's like when you're having a hard time maybe don't watch documentaries about people you love and admire yeah really, trying to create something like and, yeah. giving their best and it not being enough yeah. like, that was not the lesson i needed this did i just do something recently what was the most recent let's play it was something uh, devs was play like, yeah their recent devs play was i think they did tearaway they did the last tearaway game oh, okay that's what it is man which it's talking about a company that you really like who produces cool stuff that no one ever buys their stuff yeah that fucking media, what, molecule. media molecule yeah because i still in devs play or a fucking uh uh tearaway, tearaway was fucking awesome it's one of yeah. the best video games out there and yeah, we're, I guess we were playing the pl- uh, new PlayStation 4 version, which, again, sure. it sold, yeah. like, two copies. I think yeah. it, uh, it was on sale for Christmas for, like, $5. And it's just, like, a brand-new $60 game that just came out, like, four months ago. Um, the Lion King? Man, that's a good one. That's season one. <laughs> is that, like, the Super Nintendo game? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, it is. God. That's actually a really good one. That is great. I didn't watch... I only watched a few of the first season because I don't have a... I don't play many of those games. Like, I never played Doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I never played any of this shit, so I don't have yeah, any I need context to for it. But, yeah, the second season was really, really good. And, uh, like, the two-player productions dudes, they do a really... They really are good smart! Job. Yeah! yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man, we should be getting that Mega Man game sometime soon, too. <laughs> oh, maybe that Castlevania game by the end of the year. Anyway, how you doing? Anyway, video games are hard to make. Man. And, uh, it shoes up everyone who touches it. Last night, I had to watch Casablanca and Victor Victoria for Tardy the Party podcast. Wait, how did that... Did that give you, like, whiplash, those two movies? Casablanca is good. I can't talk about because, well, we, well I, literally we're going to rec- record those episodes later on today. Billy, 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 Billy is referring to his secondary podcast, Tardy to the Party at tardypodcast.com. Man, Victor Victoria. We have, I'm glad to meet, oh, man, that movie, I got some thoughts about that. Uh, is it more like shitter shit-tory? I'm heartbroken oh no we'll talk more about that what else did i do did i watch anything else this week i saw steven universe i watched half of the steven bomb i'm sorry i didn't watch all of it you because actually like it's it, this is interesting because steven bomb so steven steven universe has a weird airing history where nine times out of ten they just air like a new episode once a week but then uh cartoon network keeps on uh airing these scheduling these steven bombs which is uh, they'll suddenly put the show on hiatus for a couple weeks and then just air five episodes in a row. Yeah. And then disappear for another couple weeks and maybe come back and be airing and yeah, go back to a normal schedule where it's a new, one new episode a week. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they, uh, Steven Universe went, like, they were gone all last summer. They came back for like a month's worth of episodes, like last mm-hmm. September, and then mm-hmm. disappeared again until this week, dropped five more episodes, and now they're on an, um, an inde- indefinite hiatus again now. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that the five episodes that is this aired this week are a very specific story. Yeah. I can kind of see why they aired as a Stephen Bomb five-week, yeah. one-episode-a-week thing, because it is a very, it's almost like a, a Steven Universe miniseries, yeah. that, that, and it was really good. And, yeah, so you, you didn't I missed the half the miniseries, sorry. Like, I was really grateful because I I don't have cable so I'm and I have a big thing on trying to legally watch all the media I consume <laughs> whenever wherever I can so I we subscribe to it and when Bill says they release an episode he really means they release half an episode like they well re- they well t- yeah I mean it is an installment but each it's a episode chunk, yeah. in the in the sense of a thirty minute show is or I should say a twenty two minute show is actually there's usually one new half of that is new yeah if you're if you're watching this stuff on iTunes you have to wait for two new episodes to yeah. come out for it to be considered a new episode that is released into the wild yeah so we we were kind of fortunate in that the last uh they ended on an, on an odd number last time yeah so this week we actually got oh, okay, yeah. like all we got we i have all five new episodes of steve bob waiting waiting on my computer but i gotta tell you dude when you're in a relationship it's like this is our show and if i watch our shows without her no it's fine I that's like that. a betrayal dude that's like that's why i love not being in a relationship <laughs> i'm like give me give me give me shoot uh, what do you think about Peridot? Uh, Peridot's a really interesting character. Spoilers for Steven Universe. We're talking about Steven Universe, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Peridot was introduced as a villain. I don't know. I can't tell if she's the best or worst character on the show. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. I think that's the correct answer. She's a, she's a really interesting character, and she gives a new and vital energy to the show. And beyond anything else, she gives a vital perspective to the show. Yeah. Because one thing that I actually really like about Steven Universe is um, it kind of plays with the idea of normalcy yeah. and what is normal and what people accept as normal and then someone will kind of point at you and go wow that's weird and you don't think of it as weird because that's just your life yeah you know it's like um it's really easy to read you know because it's all there to read all of steven universe's like coded queer stuff 
And um, Steven Universe is a little boy who lives with three three gay rocks. <laughs> All right, come on. So uh, it's you know uh, they've been playing a lot with like all these characters that you think of as normal and regular because they're like not to, to say normal is too loaded, but like there there's nothing unexpected about them beyond the fact that they're crystal gems and what the hell is a crystal gem and all this that we're learning all the ways the crystal gems are considered to be. Um, alien or defective by the rest of the the gems yeah. you know in the cosmos which is something we just don't we haven't gotten to know because we've only seen steven's perspective really yeah. and like the this outsider perspective and it's been really interesting the way they're adding this kind of mythology to the show yeah. um they did some well, this shit. is the first this this five episode batch is the first time they've really like this the uh, first time we've seen homeworld where mm-hmm. the crystal gems come mm-hmm. from uh, this, this this essentially this week is really telling the story of what essentially what the 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 other what Homeworld thinks about the crystal gems yeah. and like what went down and it's yeah it's it's yeah, giving, giving all more context to all that stuff yeah exactly because all we've really gotten are like glimpses of things yeah like you hear Pearl referred to as a pearl and uh what she's like referred to as a Which defective even I, pearl even at me at first I thought that was just like a mistake of nomenclature I, I thought oh, like well sh- you think there's gonna be three thousand pearls no there's, there's a million copies of everyone there's, on the show. this show is deliberate as shit yeah so um, yeah. There's a great part in an episode you can see where where Paradot has to identify herself, and it's uh-huh. just like I am I am cut blah 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 of facet blah 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 like I am that Paradot yeah and yeah and yeah stuff like that yeah, um, it's kind of horrifying to think all these characters are just one off instances of a thousand copies of that character yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know? like the way it plays with identity and everything like that although that does suggest that like even the people even the the gems that are still programmed like programmed to worship like Homeworld and all that stuff like maybe if they could all break out they could all be as individuals as the crystal gems that we mm-hmm. yeah like, who knows it, it's kind of horrifying also but also there's a promise of potential there for all those people who have not like broken off and gained their own identity one thing that foley and i were talking about afterwards <laughs> and if you know this you know please act oblique because you've oh, no, jokes okay. since i have haven't we see in this week's episode we see ruby uh fuse with other rubies and the show implies oh, yeah, that yeah. um you know fusion happens with gems but it's similar gems fusing with themselves and they just form a bigger version of themselves like that's how it works and uh fully and are talking about it I'm like do you think that jasper is actually a fusion of jaspers because jasper is such a beast you know like could she be a fusion of two jaspers or something no, like that no. maybe says the <laughs> thing spoilers there's you, we learn some more about fusions? No, it, it, someone does later refer to that Jasper we've seen as a Jasper. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. it, 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 the, really, the big thing that comes that you see at the end of this episode that, like, I think everyone is... Garnet is unique just because she's a sp- very specific combination of two gems who shouldn't have been united to begin with. Yeah. But everyone else is made of, like... Yeah, I don't think there's anyone singular, except for maybe Rose Quartz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think everyone else is just a copy of, of you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's an interesting. Did you get to the part where Paradox talks about how the the all the like all of the not just the crystal gems, but all the gems were designed by someone else for some kind of purpose? No, like the exploring the galaxy or something like that. Of course, maybe now, they now are. everyone's wondering like, well, there's other beings above the crystal gems, like because uh, until now it's always seemed like the crystal gems are just like their own race or species, yeah. and maybe some crystal, maybe some gems make other gems or in service of other gems, and yeah. but now everyone's wondering. I was like, well, we're gonna find that like like that somebody invented the gems, and like yeah. this the entire race is just an artificial or like. Like again, you know, it's hard to tell if that's supposed to be like hinting towards more plot, or if that's just kind of like maybe something you're not supposed to read into that much or anything. Yeah. But, um, um, see, you're fucking good though. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, man. Damn. 
I know, fucking. song, like, Peace and War and Love on Earth. Yeah. It's just like, ah, boo, boo, boo. Yeah, it is interesting, yeah, because they show the first time, essentially how, what, Sapphire and Ruby first met and formed into uh, Garnet. And you get to see a very early version of Garnet, who's not, like, she doesn't know what she is and stuff. Yeah. And that was great, and, like... I can't think of anything else I can talk about with any kind of like uh with it without like spoiling anything for you. But yeah, it's good. It's a good little like little thing. Yeah, I do like Peridot's relationship with Stephen because they're yeah. both very tiny. Yeah, and Stephen's trying to like teach her about Earth, and she's just a very kind of stupid alien. But she's just like nah, 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 nah. she's kind of like half comic relief and also very sad at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, Steven Universe. Good Steven times. Universe. The only other media I consumed this week was um, two things. I finished my Egypt show, which I can't recommend highly enough. I talked about this a little bit last week. It's on Netflix. It was a BBC series that came out in 2005. Is it called Egypt? It's called Egypt. And okay. the cover looks nondescript and it looks like something you it's should just Netflix? skip by. Yeah. I can't recommend watching it enough. It is three different stories of um, Egyptian archaeology, oh. in, ranging from the 1700s to the, I think, late 1800s is the earliest. One of the, the stories is about the King Tech guy? Yeah, the first one is about, what's his name, Henry Carver? Yeah, Henry Carver, yeah. The second one is about, oh, God, bull, fuck, I really enjoy these something. things. Yeah, no, it's great when you're watching I'd be it, like, but it's the big, also watched it like the big two guy weeks with ago. the big bushy beard, and he's like, he's like, got the really great the wife and a servant. Well, the whole thing is that this guy is uh, um, the second guy, <laughs> and I hate that I can't remember his name because he was really cool. Let's see, it's let's not see. Bellini, he's... but it's something like that. Yeah? He's, he was a strong man, and he was... No, what? Me, he trained as an engineer, but he what? couldn't find work. So he was touring as a strong man, and someone found his, his flyer, and like, oh, this guy will be cheap, because like, he's his own physical labor, and he's an engineer. We should send him to Egypt to try and lift this one uh, bust so that we can... And yeah, I uh, think this guy's name was Wovable Oaf. <laughs> you're not wrong, <laughs> yeah. dude. Um, yeah? Um, uh... And uh, he went with his wife and a servant to Egypt and just fell in love with Egyptology. And uh, it w- it's kind of fascinating. The Great Belzoni. Yes. That's what it is, yeah. He, and the th- so the thing about the series is that it's all reenactments. Okay. So like the first one with uh, Henry Carver has a little bit of narration, but they have reenactments both of the person in the quote unquote present doing the archaeology. Okay. And then to a lesser degree, the people back in time that they're discovering. And uh, it's mostly about the people in the modern day. And because it's the BBC, the production values are really good. The costuming is really good. Like, I wanted to draw all these people, and I don't even draw. Yeah. Um, Which is because uh, I know you're not a big... You don't care much about uh, Egyptian history or anything like no, that. No, so. I've never... Well, my thing is, like, it's... Egyptian history is so much about... Um, Things and kings. Well, I was about to say this show is about the people and not yeah. just about the mythology or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I like I like the human stories behind history. That's yeah. where you get me. So this show got me hook, line, and sinker. But it's just really well acted, and the music is good, and it's nicely shot, and it's just really fun. Uh-huh. I really like it. And then the so it's yeah it's um what's his name the great. Belzoni, Belzoni, who is my hero. He's so great. And then Henry Carver. And then the third one is about the dude who was the first to translate hieroglyphics. Champollion. Yes. And he was really great. Oh, because it's all about the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. That's why it's a French thing. Okay. And um, it was just really, it's really funny, though, because though he's French, he's played by a British actor. Well, that's what I was wondering. If they go back and show the Egyptians for the, <laughs> the, the dramatizations with, the, like, King Tut, is he just, like, a little bit, like, you a 19-year-old British boy with, like, bronzer on? You don't hear any of the Egyptians talk. Oh, mommy, where's my tomb? The Egyptians don't talk, though. The okay. quote-unquote modern-day elements do. Um, and, um... 
uh, it's just really compelling and really charming and very warm. And, uh, it's just, uh, it, it shows these people and their flaws. And I mean, it's, huh. it's still pretty, I mean, it's pretty brisk, you yeah. know, it's like maybe two hours for each story, but I wished it kept going. I was like, I want to watch more of this. Annie, I want to learn, watch more nerds in history. This series was written and directed by someone named Ferdinand Fairfax. <laughs> But that in itself just sounds like the kind of kind of person who would put together something like that. We had just Her watched next. a silly documentary series called Ancient Black Ops. It was really, <laughs> really bad. I can't put into words how bad what? it was. It gets was better. about the Romans and they're like super fire and shit like it that? It gets better halfway through. No, but like it's all about like who are the special forces in history. I know, it's exactly. Like, yeah. So, and they and it's really, they really reach. They're like, oh, I guess the Spartan 300, those were special forces. I know, yeah. It's like they go back to caveman time and the first uh, special ops was a guy with like a leaf on his head to like block the sun or <laughs> they something get like to that. like, yeah. you know, Vikings. I guess Viking berserkers were special ops sure hilarious. in the in the, like the back Aww. end of it though the last couple episodes are actually pretty good when they talk about they talk about the ninja and they talk about the samurai those so this, were better this is like teaching history to the to, via call of duty kind of well, like it's well that's the worst part of it is like they'll talk about like the spartans did this just like how today's special forces yeah. and then they'll talk to like some dude who's like an sas soldier and i'm like no don't talk to i don't care about the mindset of the soldier i want to yeah! know about history but with the with the ninja stuff and the samurai stuff they're talking more about the people so it's more about reenactment but uh the (laughs) the narrator of that says things really weird like his pronunciations are sometimes odd and um uh his name was like alice dare (laughs) and we were talking about like who the fuck is named alice dare and he's like he's a he's a centaur (laughs) just he's just a centaur so we're like uh Uh, this guy does bbc i'm like what is he and he's like uh he's he's just uh he's an enthusiastic human i'm like no obviously i just pictured one of the crummy cgi centaurs from harry potter in the studio (laughs) he's like like, one of those crocodile headed people right oh god um, that sounds, man, you had to, like, man, Dogs 101, Ancient Special Ops, and <laughs> fucking Egypt. That sounds like you've had a good time with TV. Uh, you know, these are oh. all things that are readily available to me that have helped with soothing. So, so um, what else? What else? The only, other than that, the only movie I have watched this week is, um, yeah, my friends Brent and Chase. I don't know how it came up, but we got talking about it. And uh, it, they realized I'd never seen the Warriors, so they brought over the Warriors last night <laughs> to show me. And what a fucking movie! I uh... all I know about the movie is come out to play. <laughs> and like, there's the baseball furies, yep. and they're just like, it's the Warriors are stuck on one side of Staten, what Staten Island, or yeah. so they have to get to uh, the no, other. They're stuck in the Bronx. The Bronx, that's what it is. The premise of the Warriors. I've seen though. a bunch of clips. I feel like I've seen the movie without having ever like, you've seen having, it via yeah. diffusion. Um, it's uh, the premise of the movie is there's a charismatic gang leader named Cyrus who summons nine soldiers from all of the uh, gangs in all of New York. Who are the special ops warriors? <laughs> they are the special game. ops warriors. And um, uh, the uh, he summons them all and he's like, look at us. If you can count, you can see that we will win. If we just ally ourselves and work together, we can own the cops, we can own the crime, we can own the city. And he's like, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, we're drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. And then one of the gang members, actually the, uh, come out to play. <laughs> yeah. He actually shoots Cyrus. Oh, no, that's Just asshole. because. Yeah. 
ends up blames the warriors on it, pins it on the warriors. So the warriors are stuck in the middle of New York, and the whole thing of this is that everybody came in their gang colors. Yeah, so everybody's in their costumes and everything. Is there like an awesome lady gang? There and all is. That, yeah. I'll get to them in a second. And uh, he and so they have to get home to Coney Islands. That's because oh, that's, that's their, what it is. Yeah, that's their gang hangout. And this whole movie is just them trying to get through the city. Like the train, they try to take the train. If they just get to this one train, they'll make it. This is like then almost someone, like a Greek story at that point. It's, it's, it's almost like Odysseus. based on yeah it's not a, it's not the odyssey it is based loosely on one specific story yeah and i can't brennan chase looked it up and i can't remember which one but it's totally that like the soldiers trying to make it home and after being wronged and blah 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 and um yeah it's uh it was really i mean it was interesting to see it and uh i'll say I love, that i did a google image search for warriors gangs and one of the first things that comes up is newsies like they just think <laughs> that was the thing so it's all bunch of pictures of random gangs but the newsies are just mixed in the, the middle Newsies would 100. That was what I. That was actually a joke I made to Brenda. I'm like, there's got to be a Newsies Warriors AU. That's yeah, because I, I see there's be. like a farmer gang. Yeah, they're, like, they're the. Oh, I can't remember their names now. They all have names. They're all from particular parts of Brooklyn or uh, New York, I should say. They have the pug uglies and the. <laughs> they don't, but it's very. But yeah, their one gang is the girl gang, which is the Lizzies. <laughs> And, they, and it was so funny because we watched some of the behind the scenes stuff yeah. and um like about the making of it and they were trying it's so funny because there are these dudes who are like it's like 20 25 years later yeah. looking back on it and they're trying to talk about it with some dignity and like everything like, I'm like dude warriors. you 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 made a lesbian gang and you yeah. thought that was really transgressive i'm like that's not it's not cool. You got, it's like there's no way you can talk about. It. There's like a really uncomfortable scene where one of the one of the warriors, um, they're walking through the park trying to find their way home. They've been split up into two groups of three, and one of the warriors is like, "Man, what a hard night." There's that lonely lady sitting over the bench. I'm gonna go fuck her, and I'll meet up with you guys later. And you're like, "This is a character that's supposed to be likable to you," <laughs> and he goes and assaults her, and it turns out that she's a cop. So she, uh, she arrests him. And that's the last time we see that character. And I'm like, and they're trying to talk about this scene. I'm like, yeah, it was really sad that we had to lose Ajax like that. And I'm like, fuck off. No, I'm not going to root for this guy. Oh, and there's man. like a really awkward female character who inexplicably falls in love with the main warrior and like follows him to the end of his journey. And oh, yeah. It's just such a, it's interesting though, because you watch it and you can see the influences of it. And you, I can see why the Housers want to make a video game of it because they yeah. made a warriors video game that was pretty supposedly much like, yeah it's actually not supposedly not that bad yeah you know? but i mean it, it is a video game they have to fight their way through the city it, like it's it's all right there yeah. and uh the, di- the the climactic battle is essentially a quick time event so <laughs> you know it's all right there but it was yeah, uh it's interesting how history because like i promised i wouldn't say too much about victor victoria on this but like victor victoria is a little bit similar where that that movie was made in like i think 1982 1983 and it's a movie that's, like, kind of blowing your mind because, like, one of the main characters is a gay guy. And it's a lady pretending to be a man, pretending to be a lady. But they have to defuse it really quickly by having that lady sleep with a guy. Yeah. And, like, one of the big things is, like, the, the James Garner falls in love with uh, uh, Barry Poppins and he doesn't know if she's a guy. But, like, the, like in order to make it not seem too queer, they yeah. make sure they sleep as soon as possible to yeah. kind of defuse that. I'm like, no, that's kind of the whole dramatic thrust. Yeah. Of the, that's yeah. the point of this story. Like... 
and it's yeah, like you can you can tell that they were trying to like blow your mind back in 1982, but they totally but they couldn't only up. do so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, but that's the whole point of the story. And so they kind of cut their nuts off. Yeah. And despite their face, is that a phrase now? But it is now. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of weird. And that, that was made around the radio around the same time as the Warriors. The Warriors like nineteen seventies, but like yeah. within like like within like five or six. Yeah, it's the Warriors trying so yeah. hard to be transgressive, and but at the same time, it was. Is it like Brandon Chase R? about it? I, so no I wonder idea. if this is one of those movies that back then is like well, PG, it was but only like people... in theaters for a week. What? Because apparently there were <laughs> gang issues. I was thinking about that. Because it's literally a fucking movie about yeah. gangs, Christ. and like it's granted it's like cartoon gangs, but it's also you know and we could have done a Warriors Victor Victoria double feature. Oh man, it was. I'm really glad I watched it, and actually there's some editing choices in it I actually like quite a bit, and uh, I like they do a lot of great like site like um, swipes and stuff, yeah. like you know, and it's. It's very, uh, it's very silly. But uh, yeah, I was really, I was really grateful. The warrior. I was really grateful they brought it over last night because that was movie was kind of my speed. Where it's just like a really earnest movie that was trying to do something that uh, was, uh, you know. Man, what did you do during the ice storm last Sunday? Freaked out. Were you just (laughs) stuck at home? Uh, So last Sunday, Portland got its first real snowfall of the year. Uh, and if, if if pattern holds true, it's probably going to be our only snowfall of the year because Portland does not get God, that I much so. of snow. Uh, but we, yeah, we got a couple inches last Sunday, and it just happened to be I had some friends come in uh, from Russia. They were visiting. They teach a, uh, at a school in Russia. But it, were they like, you're cute? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't think about that, actually. Just shut back, your city like, down, yeah. seriously. Uh, <laughs> but they were visiting for Christmas, and uh, they wanted to go see Star Wars. And so yeah. we, like, their whole big family, and we, essentially it was, like, 12 of us going out to see Star Wars last weekend. And uh, they just happened to live over in Beaverton, which is on the clear on the other side of town. It's, like, an hour's drive from here to out to there. They, they kind of live out in the sticks. And uh, so we had to drive out there in the snow, which that in itself wasn't, wasn't too bad. Uh, but by the time we got out of the movie, it had started, uh, an ice storm had started and it took us two, two and a half hours to get back across town. Yeah. It was like, we were the warriors, but we were in a car <laughs> that could barely stay on the road. Yeah. It's the thing. We don't have a lot of infrastructure for it. Like we, they don't really, we have more snow plows than we used to. You know what? We, what we don't have is fucking rock salt because yeah, that's Portland refuses to use rock salt. Yeah. This is a town that needs fucking rock salt because yeah. it's it's the hippiest, most like we don't want to hurt the environment. We don't Get want the to hurt fuck. Cars. Salt is natural. Yeah. Yeah. Put it back into the earth. Use some fucking rock salt. Um, they'll like people use like flaxseed and shit <laughs> like that. I'm like, you guys. I think are, they put down sand. Is what I think well, they do. But that doesn't yeah. melt thing. It just lays on top of the ice. It's still wet. Yeah. But uh, so we went to go see Star. I saw that was the second time I got to see Star Wars. Which uh, this is actually this is the one big thing I was really hyped for because not only well, I got to go see Star Wars with a bunch of friends, which is also nice uh but we want to go see it in the cinetopia theater uh which is the fanciest movie theater i've ever been to in my whole life where was First this thing, this is a uh, cinetopia over in beaverton okay because I, I think i went to a cinetopia in vancouver i think there's two of them yeah, yeah. i think daniel says the one in vancouver is the shitty one which i'll believe oh, it based on my experience you think so well really what was bad about it this what was good about it i mean the surround sound was really good so the cinetopia at least in beaverton they, they have 14 screens and so it's interesting so they have a mix of they have a couple big normal auditoriums, uh, you know, just like big multiplex auditoriums. Uh, they have a couple like little tiny like parlor 
things where like you're looking at a screen that's like about the side that fills up like kind of the wall of a small like living room and you've got like three couches there essentially if you want to hang out with you and like 12 years actually we, we could have done that just right out of yeah. all of those but uh, they also have a mid-range thing which is still like a big like normal movie theater size screen mm-hmm. but there's only like, four aisles of seats but all the seats are like recliners and you've got ottomans and there are waiters there taking your food orders yeah. from their restaurant which is right next to the theater and they will deliver that stuff to you I mean I got some fucking truffle fries and a coke delivered to me that's what that's what we ordered that's where we sat and someone tripped on us and spilled their soda on us oh really and, uh, fully got the closest to receiving oral sex from a man she ever will because oh, his I head was right in her crotch about that. Yep. yeah well, did, which was is weird, did the waiter trip because no it was a person and this thing because like they have food being delivered to yeah. you at least out in the beer didn't think so it's no. not like you had to get up and walk around with food and so man, that was fucking fun. i'm so glad i had a good time dude. i brought my lightsaber and i was like vroom, vroom, vroom. they let you into the theater with your lightsaber oh bill uh well you know it was funny because uh, I did uh, the, the the theater lights came back on. I was like, "Hey!" And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Because the whole movie, all of Star Wars, about everyone trying to fight their way over this goddamn lightsaber. Uh, but yeah, that was man, fucking just the idea of a movie theater having reserved seating, which is I yeah. guess is a thing like overseas. Yeah. Because uh, I've uh, I've I've seen people like in Australia and the UK be like, "Oh, you guys don't have reserved seating." That's yeah, Hannah talked about that in uh, when she was on Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's what. And like, no, this is the first time in my life it was great to like just go on a website and like pick out your own seat. That one, yeah. Has, so you don't have to worry about showing up early to fight to get a good seat or anything yep. like that. Yeah. Oh, so nice. The TSA was there. They did body scans. Jeez. I thought that was a little bit much. Um. But that, but then we had to drive home in an ice storm. It took us like two and a half hours to get back. Yep. Was our, it worth it? All our assholes in that car were clenched. Because <laughs> like, yeah. man, yeah, it was. It's scary. I, almost every stop sign we saw on the way back was knocked over because people had oh, crashed Jesus. into them. Yeah. All kinds. We saw people slipping and falling on their asses. It was hard just to get out yeah. of the car and back into our house yeah. even when we got here. Yeah. But it was like this huge adventure. We were just thought we were going to yeah. go see a movie and maybe have dinner afterwards with friends. And no, we like, we like, we barely made it back alive from seeing Star Wars. It was a good time. But Man, I shoveled my driveway. My driveway is at a slight angle, mm-hmm. and I don't have a snow shovel. I was just using a regular shovel. And oh. um, the thing is, is that I don't, and I don't know genuinely if I would have had a lot of a lot of better time. But I kept sh- shoveling the snow off the surface, but not being able to get through the ice yeah. below. So like I was having to chip through the ice, but I didn't always see it. And uh, it was just like a terrifying nightmare. And I'm like slowly sliding down my driveway as I'm <laughs> shoveling. And of course, there's only one patch because our battery died. And I was trying to clear space for the jumper. And uh, I so I cleared off all of our entire driveway except for one patch that was down kind of by Foley's tire. Yeah. That Because uh, that's when the guy showed up. And uh, I like Foley's tire. It makes her sound like Turbo Teen. <laughs> that's actually her tire, her butt. Uh, she's a uh, launch pad McQuack. Um... <laughs> Uh, and of course, just that enough, that ice, someone visiting slipped on it and, uh, our car skidded as we got out of it. I was like, no, I should have de-iced over. Oh no. Who slipped? Brenna. Oh no. She okay? She's okay. Oh yeah. It was just like a little, but I was just like, son of a bitch. It's not like that's who you were out there hoping that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's why we need rock salt in this goddamn town. Exactly. Rock salt would fix everything. And the thing is, is like you they get They don't have rock point... salt anymore because like, kids like me were eating it too it's much. It's all your fault, no... Bill. God damn it's it. you personally, dude. Fucking love rock salt as a kid. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the, um... 
the main streets tend to get pretty cleaned up, but the side streets are usually pretty nightmarish. Yeah. So uh, we shoveled and shoveled and shoveled and finally were able to get out of our house. And it's scary because you, it, when it only snows one day a year or something like that, or like one day every couple of years, you don't have any practice. So everybody's so bad at it. Nobody remembers what well, to that, do. Well, no one knows how to drive in it or exactly. anything like that. Nobody yeah. has no context for it. So everyone just panics and it's just really scary. Portland's a very silly town when it snows. It also is kind of scary. We just kind of freak and out. And we have to try to clear us down in that shit. That was like, ah. yeah, I'll believe it, dude. Yeah. I don't envy you that. We had to Joshin's drive. Joshin's a good pilot. Uh, yeah, he's a very calm, chill dude. That's good. Um, uh, we had to um, take our car into the dealership because our battery died a couple of times. We're like, okay, this isn't just the cold. This yeah. is our battery needs to be replaced. We had to drive out to the dealership and then into work. And then poor Foley works up in Northwest Portland, like deep in Northwest. And I was just like, had all these terrifying visions of like a Mack truck, like slipping <laughs> and slamming into her. And like, oh man, well, we were just a bl- uh, two blocks away from home. We were up on 52nd. If you're about and... to tell me a tar- terrible car accident story, maybe Oh don't. no, but we saw one <laughs> uh, uh, 14, line 14 bus had uh. Uh, skidded and crashed into the corner of a building just <gasps> oh like two blocks goodness. away but then there were two empty 14 buses behind them yeah and we were trying to figure out like and like and the police were in the middle of like uh, closing off the street uh as part of like a crash like you know like this is like mm-hmm. investigation area we barely squeezed by but we we're trying to figure out like why there are two empty buses and then all the buses had chains and stuff like that but like just trying to figure out, what the hell's going on like because you could see like they may bring some buses to, like take on the passengers from yeah. the bus that had crashed but that bus was empty too and no, they were like yeah, it's just kind of a weird like they're just there for moral support yeah you it's know, like the buses should have moved. Sometimes, you know, I've emotionally if crashed cars, in a building, and I'm like, I need to go. But man, fucking yeah. If if you live in an area that gets snow, be grateful that it gets enough snow that people can that there's an actual infrastructure to get there's rid of the snow, and people it, know how yeah. to deal with it. Whereas importantly, because we do at least get snow usually at least once a year, so you think at least on an annual basis, people would be like, okay, I should invest in a snow shovel. Like, should get the city should invest in some rock salt. Get buy more than two plows because it's inevitable. They did finally get some more plows though. Oh, okay. it, I, you you aren't driving out and about in it as much like after. It yeah, had been we just did that day, one night. Yeah, it, it got a lot better, a lot faster than it okay, has in the good. past. So oh, okay, so at least Portland has gotten better. They're just not going to do rock salt. salt they're just too. Al Qaeda sent El Nino after us. Fucked us up. Yep, seriously. But man, fuck it. <laughs> Bill, tell me about uh, Goshu the cellist. Oh, so as soon as we got back, we were going to go out and have dinner with friends after the movie, but that didn't work out because everyone had to get home. They're like, It was like, man, we can't go to fucking dinner in the ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we did come back, and Joshin made, to warm us up after being in a frozen cold car for three hours, uh, Joshin made some hot, fresh pork ro- uh, ramen. Mm. It was so good. And mm. then there was a... It's good comfort food. Uh, there was a cartoon he wanted to watch that I had never heard of before called Goshu the, uh, the cellist. Which is just an hour-long anime that was directed by the same guy who did Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Um, it was one of the Studio Ghibli guys, but it's not a Studio Ghibli movie that's made before Studio Ghibli was founded. Interesting. Uh, but it's based off of like a Japanese uh, uh, a fairy tale book about this uh, cellist who uh, he's in this like little tiny Japanese village orchestra. It's like like 1920 or something like mm. that, and he's the cellist for the orchestra, but he's not very good. And so the whole thing's about him. Uh, he goes home. And over the course of, like, a week, a different animal visits him at night during the week to teach him about, like, rhythm or syncopation and stuff like that. And so by the end of the story, he becomes, like, a master cellist. And everyone's like, you're so good! You're the best 
best shots we've ever seen. But he's like, it's all thanks to my animal friends, like the cat who showed up and yelled at me because I have terrible <laughs> rhythm. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just a very slight little, like it's almost like a holiday special, except it's, it's not about Christmas, about cello music. But it's, you know, it's just very cute. Though. And it does feature one of the best animated cats I've ever seen. Yeah. It, the first animal that shows up is this kind of quasi-anthropomorphic cat. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like a cat that gets up on, a, on its hind legs, but it's still kind of shaped like a normal cat. It's yeah. not like it's not like the cat in the hat. Mm-hmm. But it's like the hats are very angry and kind of pissy and stuff like that. It's just kind of cute little, I don't know, go shoot the cellist. It's actually on, it's on YouTube. The whole thing's on there. I can uh, mm-hmm. post a link in the show notes. Very kind of cute little thing. So that was a nice way to wind down after Star Wars, after the Ice Storm and everything come back. Yeah. Eating hot ramen, oh, so fucking good. Yeah. And fucking, it was for a white guy. It was the most weeboo thing. I'm gonna watch my anime and eat ramen. <laughs> it was fucking great. Yeah, Joshin, yeah, Joshin did us up good that Joshin's night. a good egg. Yeah, he, he's one of the good. He's he's one of the good fellas on the of the earth. So should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a little break. We'll be back for the Geek Week in review. <laughs> It's that time. It's time for the Geek Week in Review. As long-time listeners of this podcast know, this is our week. This is our part of our podcast where Bill has written news in the week that was, and I'm reading it. I'm often learning about it for the first a time. A bunch of random garbage. <laughs> hey, actually, this is better than last week, because last week was Christmas, so nothing happened. Yeah, so yeah, we were yeah. just kind of going, well, I don't know. The, the, the world didn't explode. Yep. We're still here. We're still moving. Um, we're still moving. Yeah, just yeah. keep swimming. Uh, the Library of Congress named Jean Yang, our national ambassador of young people's literature. Was a what? No, it's Bill. B- uh, Jean gets to spend his two-year term traveling the country and kicking some literacy into little kids' asses. This is funny. Woo. Like, I'd- Jean Yang is good shit. He's written a lot of really good comics. Um, even as relevant to nerd interests, he wrote the excellent Avatar Last Airbender. Oh, I forgot about, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what he's kind of known for now. Um, he's also known for really, his really seminal work, American Born Chinese, which is based on his experiences being a, a, a teen yeah. dealing with feeling alien and other. Because I don't know, Jin Yang and Jin Ying, like, you, he's not, like, he's a very sweet guy, and, but he can also, he can be just as crude as fucking goofy as anyone else. Well, sure. It's funny to think that someone who I've had lunch with and have told blue, blue jokes with <laughs> is now like the National Li- the Library of Congress <laughs> has made the, na- what the hell is the official title? Our National Ambassador of Young People's Literature. Well, Bill, they're All they capital letters. They didn't crown him Precious Neutered Angel Baby. I know, exactly, <laughs> you know? it's yeah. Like, well, he's also a teacher, too, so... Yeah, he's, he's a teacher, and he's yeah. done a lot of young adult books. His most recent work that I have not read yet, even though friend of the podcast, Brian Smith, was kind enough to 
when he was in Portland, he bought it and he gave it to me. Oh, really? Is uh, um, boxer, uh, Boxers and Saints. Yeah. Is that about the Boxer Rebellion? That's what I was You have asked me about. too much I've not read it yet myself. I, by my understanding is it's two parallel stories. And I think one is about the Boxer Rebellion and I think the other one may be about something else. Oh, okay. And I've officially said all I know about Boxers and Saints. Well, I know the Boxers were about trying to go, like kick a, like English white people out. So I don't know if the Saints thing was some kind of like weird angle. Eh? It has been. Anglo-Christian. I don't know. Uh, it has been uh, sitting on my bedside table ra- waiting to be read for literally, God, when was Brian, when did Brian visit? Man, what's the last awful. volume of Yatsuba that you read? Because they're up to 12 now. And I think I'm I read up to 12. Okay, because yeah. I saw that when I went out to the Japanese food mart with Joshin a couple weeks ago. Yeah, at least a minimum of 12. And I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm so behind on that shit. Yeah, I'm really bad. I haven't really read a book in the last two years that wasn't a romance novel. That's really gross to say out loud. Yeah. But it's true. (laughs) Ugh, fart. Uh, The Boxers and Rebellions is about, wait, what? It's called Boxers and Saints. It's about a uh, boy from Shandong who becomes the leader of the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, Oh, it is two books. There's Boxers and Saints. Uh, Saints is about the story of a four girl, a girl from the same village who becomes a Catholic, uh, adopts the name, adopts the name Vibania and hopes to attain the glory of Joan of Arc. Oh, so that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, and apparently you can read them in whatever order. Yeah, that's and, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And he's a beautiful cartoonist and very good, but I just haven't got around to it. Man, I just, yeah, it's just been hard. GD and good guy though. He's a good dude. And this is a really cool thing. He's a, he's a good advocate for um, young adult comics. And the comics... Title, title could be better. The young people's literature, which sounds like it was p- p- cooked up by an old person. Well, young Bill, people's literature. Bill, it's not like all the cool youths of America got together like, Team Yang, come talk to us. No. This is literally the it's old people government. saying, go get the kids to read a book. He's essentially the poet lord of, yeah, essentially go out and make kids, make it so they're not totally stupid. But comics are such a great way to get kids into literacy, you know, because mm-hmm. you have the visual component and there's not too many words and you can have context for it. So really, he's just in charge of showing up at middle schools with a copy of Homestuck on his iPad. <laughs> I uh, got my godchildren their first comic the other day. What'd you get though? Um, there's a series called, what are they called? Tune Books. That's, um, I'm forgetting your name now, Francois... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Art Spiegelman's wife. Ah, okay. Um, they've had a couple of different projects where they've done comics for kids, and right now they're doing one. I think it's called Tune Books. And um, Eleanor Davis and um, Drew Wing. Drew Wing did one together called Flop to the Top, which is about a girl who really loves posting selfies to the internet. Oh yeah. And uh, her dog, she posts one with her dog, and her dog becomes more internet famous than she does, just to that deal with like all a, that like- jealousy. That's oh, and, I, I've uh, never heard about that. It's really cute. I bought it and I gave it to my my godchildren, even though they're too young for it a little bit. I still, still yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna give you guys. You comics. grow, you you pinch them a little bit. They grow up a little bit faster. I can only imagine my first ever comic being a fucking Eleanor Davis and Drew Wing comic. My God, that sounds awesome. Doesn't what it, was the first major comic that you read as a kid that wasn't just like Probably comic Archie. strip or something? Like like actual like floppy. I comic mean, the book. first comic that I remember reading that wasn't like Archie or um like some sort of licensed comic is Bone. Okay, that was the first one that really rocked my world. Yeah, mine was probably like a Peanuts collection or something like yeah. that. But even then, that well, I mean, I read. Count. I mean, I, I was read... already reading Peanuts in the comics. Exactly. Like I read all of the Calvin and Hobbes books. I actually really loved Bloom County, even though I was way too young for most of the jokes. I think Calvin and Hobbes is probably when sitting down like, well, the end. That's just collecting Sunday comics into a book form. Yeah, I was gonna see, say, I like, I'm trying to think of the first it. like graphic novel I sat down to read. Maybe probably like Love and Rockets or something. Yeah, I read. I got. And that was in bone. high school though. That Bone was my gateway drug. 
drug. And then I read Mouse. I read Mouse when I was like 12 years old. That is there was too a whole fucking thing. There young. Was, the Bone and Mouse throughout the like 90s and the early aughts. Those were the yeah. two big things everyone was pushing on kids. And it's nice to think now it that time has passed. That, it's... That, that, that is it's sucky to have those be your intro to comics at the time, especially though. Because you're like, what next? Bo- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think still even Bone and Mouse. Like, they're both great books, but like. Mouse is not a good book for a 12 year old. I still think kind of mouse is kind of overrated. You know what? It's not bad, but it gets a little bit. I think it's it's more popular, famous for its shove subject matter than is well, it actually fair, a great comic on its own or not? Bone has fragments of greatness, but kind of falls. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true too. Bone's not perfect. Either, but on the but other yeah. hand, the books you read to get into things aren't necessarily would, the best. Yeah, I know, you know. That's the other thing too. Yeah, it's I just an about, introduction. Yeah. I actually loaned a friend a book that I liked when I first got into comics recently, and she she got back to me. She was like. Um, can we, I'm cute. She was, she was actually so classy. It's one of the classiest things I've ever heard. This is my friend, Kate Craig. God, I love that lady. Kate Craig said, I find it really interesting when someone you respect and admire likes a work of fiction and it doesn't resonate with you. And I kind of like to talk through those differences and what spoke to you and what didn't work for me. And I was like, God, that's so classy. That's such a classy way to say, why did you loan me this crappy she book? She didn't lend it. Yeah, she just didn't put the book on the shelf and pray to God that you never ask her about it. It again. was yeah. really shitty because that was the book <laughs> that I gave her when she gave me. Which book? Uh, oh, it's this book called Paris. It's oh, really okay. not very good. But it's totally the sort of book where you're like, 14 and you're just getting into comics and it seems like really Kate Craig's not into comics that much? No, Bill. She's not a 14 year old girl just getting into comics. She's an adult woman who's pretty comics literate. There's a, that's a big difference. Like if I sat down and read Bone for the first time today. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know what you're like. You were suggesting like the, like like Kate Craig had never read a comic book before. Okay. No, Kate Craig. Has she's married created, to one of the best cartoonists in the world. She's also herself published a series, a number of excellent comics. Yeah, I know Kate um, Craig as a, as a like video game asset creator more she than a has a really great comic online that's kind of loosely about the wendigo myth called oh, really? heart of ice that's really good she did a piece for in the island anthology i think in like issue three you ever- and uh she did a backup story for profit about a hunky koala named jeremy <laughs> i really like kate's comics what? and i wish she did more of them kate craig is great kate craig is great do you ever call her anything but kate craig because I, I think it's funny things, some people in the world, you never just call their name, but it's always like... There are some people where you just call them a complete thing. Sometimes yeah. I accidentally call her um, uh, a crate keg <laughs> when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I had one friend called um, a name Jessica, and for whatever reason, I was like, hey, this is my friend Jessica Pearson. And then that complete, that became her name. My, my friend, friend Jessica Pearson. Yeah. It was, she was never just Jessica or even Jess, I think is what she normally went by. But to me, like to shorten it, we'd call her MFJP. Like that was like, you know, what it became. I remember back in Pittsburgh, there was John Roman, John Will Fail, who like you either called him John Will Fail or John Fail. We mm-hmm. always thought it was funny that his parents gave him the middle name Will, and his name was already John Fail. I know, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Don't have your name be a We also had a friend named Fake J, because we already had a friend named J, and another J moved to town, so we called him Fake J. <laughs> You're just, just but no, but there's some weird like no, yeah. It's, it's Kate Craig is also just such a Kate fucking Craig, good yeah. sounding name. Like that is a game that is that is a name you can build a house on. You yeah. know, it's like Kate Craig. Like my name is fine. It's kind of loosey goosey. It's like man, that's a name Kate that you Craig. can like build a fucking. house She sounds on. like the protagonist of like some kind of yes, story. Kate exactly. Craig. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you can damn. you can imagine her saying my name is Kate Craig and she's got like an identifier I, card. See, and, you like, just did it too. Yeah. <laughs> you just called her Kate Craig. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Uh. No, man. I'm so this. 
this is my I really love Kate Craig <laughs> corner. Okay, no, since I'm talking about Kate Craig, here, I'm going to talk about something that she's doing right now that I think is really cool. Um, on Tumblr, she and her wife have a joint Tumblr that's or it's that Kate mostly runs. It's I think it is koalaparties.tumblr.com. Okay, yeah. She's doing, she's an environmental artist. She was the environmental artist for Gone Home. She's working on the upcoming game from Fulbright, Tacoma. And she, as a way to kind of think about things in a different spatial way and in a different medium, is doing a diorama of a scene from uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. And it's so cool, like, that she was just like, I'm going to do this. And she did it. And she's doing it. Is it, like, made out of paper or something? She's doing all sorts of materials. Like, she, there's a, a mirror in the Dragon Age world called an Alluvian. It's a magical mirror. So she actually did a 3D model of an Alluvian and then had it 3D printed. So, like, that's going to be part of her thing. And, Aww. like, she's got these little baskets and everything. And it's just such a cool little project. And what's really cool is that she's posting. She's just kind of figuring it out as she goes. And she's posting step by step on her blog about her progress. Yeah. She's only done a couple of entries so far. But it's really interesting to see some someone who has such a good sense of like environmental design try to do something that's totally different like a totally different context yeah. and a total different medium and what she finds difficult what she finds educational and it's it's just really cool she's also just has a really compelling voice as a writer that i really enjoy so. yeah i appreciate kate craig or any, actually anyone who's willing to break their finger so they don't always play the piano the same way <laughs> like that's that's like yeah you get tired of the way you're always playing the piano break your finger so you like you know you're not always just hitting oh. the same notes all the time yeah okay all right um you were using phraseology that i had no context for so tom waits came up with that or something anyway yeah. uh believe it or not that was well, us talking about gene yang if you had to like regardless of age if you had to suggest like what's a good introductory comic then See, but it totally depends on Depends age. on that, I know, okay. I don't know, I don't know if you ever considered... It depends on, like, your identity and, like, you know, where okay. you are in your What's life. Okay, what's the per- most perfect comic book? Like, if you had to add... This, if someone said, hey, Annie, give me the best... What you think is the best, most perfect comic volume, Man, what see, would you give them? I also really get worried that I have shitty taste in comics. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably do compared to someone else out there. Someone's going to think you have shitty comics, so you just embrace it. Because, like, one of my favorite comics in recent years is this comic called Templar, but it was also so laser-focused at <laughs> yeah. me between the eyes because it was about this ragtag game, a gang of uh, Templars who are kind of on the outs from well, the order we about that on the and show, the fall yeah. of the Templar order. And uh, it's like, it's a period of time and a place in time. And it's kind of got Robin Hoody elements. Yeah. Art is fantastic. It's written by Jordan Mechner who did the Prince Persia games and everything. How have you never seen like, the last unicorn? I have never seen the last unicorn. I just haven't. That's weird. Cause like, that's totally of your generation. Like that's totally. I know. Like I know everyone of my generation. They're like, Oh my God, last unicorn. But I just totally missed it. I was really into cartoons too, but I was into Did someone Don volunteer Bluth to watch it with and you? Disney. Uh, a friend mentioned that they'd watch it with me. I don't know, but I feel like it's one of those movies where it's like if you don't see it when you're thirteen Oh no, yeah, no. It, you could l- it's, I luck. still really like it, but sure, it's also but again you, not very good. You were watching it in the context of this is a movie that meant a lot to Dylan and Dylan means a lot to me. So there's like there's like there's like Well, more... I saw it before that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw Dylan like, uh, yeah. Because it's like there are sometimes when you consume media with someone where the media means something to them that yeah. it becomes rich. It is one of D- Dylan's favorite movies yeah. though. I had not seen it in a long time before watching it with Dylan again. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I just know the last. Yeah, it's funny because Joshin loves that movie too. So like sometimes yeah. I'll be down here and I hear the like theme song from last year from <laughs> blasting while like he's like vacuuming or something. Yeah, I like just that. never seen it. I don't know. I think it's that mostly my my family watched really mainstream animation. Man, and it's terrible too because we're tired of the party. The whole point is that we're going back and watching things we haven't seen before uh-huh. and. 
I've cleared off a lot of the classical things on my plate. Yep. Now I'm like, it's like the do garbage. I, is next one going to be Space Jam? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm kind of finding myself like, really, I could just go to like the nostalgia critic and anything he's ever talked about before should be something because like I haven't seen any of that's like, sure. th- maybe I have to do Treasure Planet or Atlant- Atlantis the Lost Empire mm-hmm. or like Mulan. Like, oh, there's so much terrible, awesome 90s shit out there that I have not seen yet. That is I that specifically to... y'all's focus? I think it's, isn't it like pretty much all movies? Well, anything, yeah. TV it doesn't have to be a movie or anything like yeah. that. But like speaking of movies, because like we're just going to talk about Casablanca today. We've done Citizen yeah. Kane. I just did The Lion in Winter. Mm. And Lion in Winter so isn't the Lion Winter gonna uh, really good? Did I talk about this last week? Lion Winter. You did. You touched on it. Uh, uh, that uh. theme song is one of my favorite theme songs all t- of all the time. The whole like. <laughs> <laughs> Write it and blast it. I fucking it is genuinely because it starts out with these strident horns just blast your ass off, and the video is like the footage is all just like stone gargoyles, yeah, like in blackness. Which it turns out like the director found like those gargoyles like in a driveway of the (laughs) house that he was staying at, but they shot it to make it look like it was part of the castle. And then the music it like goes from these horns to then just these these like drums are like boom 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 boom, and then like these this chorus comes in, they're like boom boom boom. (laughs) and it's like so in like it's so like it's so the character of the king yeah like it's just him loud and brassy and royal and regal and authoritative and angry and in your face and all these things and then the whole movie has very little score yeah there's just this fucking like it's like it's kind of like the um thx sound at the start of a movie it's like what the hell just (laughs) happened like i just sat down to a movie and then you got uh catherine hepburn hang like i'm gonna hang them from my nipples (laughs) yeah Uh, Light of Winter is one of the greatest movies of all time. That's what I'm saying. We're kind of running. We're already kind of running out of some of that stuff. We've cleared off a lot of that stuff off our plate. Now I'm like, and you can't. It can't always be Citizen Kane, Light of Winter. Sometimes you need like the Space Jam or the Mulan or Food Fight or like some kind of like. Oh man, you guys are thinking about watching Food Fight. Well, which is stupid because that just that actually does not partake because that only came out a couple years ago. But thinking about nostalgia critic stuff. Speaking about music, you get like you get addicted to. Yeah. Fucking someone on YouTube created. They took Ray's theme from the uh-huh. new Star Wars movie and mixed uh-huh. it with the Force theme, uh-huh. and like did in this great like really driving. Oh man, I can't stop listening to that. Yeah. Like it's like fucking crack. It's like I'll probably drop it in the like it'll probably be the break yeah. music for this week's episode. But like fucking. I wish I had the theme to Lion and Winter on my cell phone because that is such perfect saying, d- yeah. dr- biking music. Because <laughs> it's just like I can give it boom, to you. Boom 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 boom. It's like fucking move it, fucking. Do we'll do it. that before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what believe else? it or not, this is the part of the geeky review. What the hell were that we was talking, talking about? Gene Yang, and then I had a divergence on how much I love my friend and respect oh my friend Kate Craig. Oh my god! Yeah. And um, uh, did you know that there's already a petition to keep furry artists from making Zootopia porn, started by an organization called Furries Against Yif. Yeah, they just don't want to ruin because that movie's not even out yet, and they yeah. don't want to make it seem like if anyone Google's that movie, they oh, yeah. you want the first ten images to being that bunny rabbit being fucked by that fox. Have I have I talked at all about my history with furry fandom on the podcast? Surely I have. Oh yeah, you must. Uh, yeah. When I was a little kid, I was kind of into furries in that I liked you know Disney's Robin Hood and shit like. Yep. Uh huh. I'm gonna write that you, for Phil. you right Thank now. You. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I liked, I was, you know, I liked furry art, but it was also super asexual and super, like, you know, like, not in touch with any sort of sexuality. Yeah. And furry you were stuff. A kid. Well, I mean, I was, I was, I was even a teenager, too. Yeah. But furry stuff can be aggressively sexual. Like, it's not just, like, it's. Oh, no, you could, like, you could, like, like, it'll show a panda fucking, a panda fucking a grasshopper, and that grasshopper will be in the shape of that panda's dick, because it's so filled with that dick. And the thing is, is that it's interesting, is that it's just kind of part of the culture of furry fandom. It kind of almost pre preceded all of like the other fandom stuff that to follow because there's yeah. always been sexual components of fandom, but um, well, the sexualized version of anything is the thing that's usually anything that's ever been created in the world. Someone thinks, how can I fuck that, or well, how will that help me fuck someone <laughs> but else? But there's always um, been this tension in the furry community uh, between the non porny furry people well, and that's the reputation it's a bunch of perverts exactly. who just want to fuck chickens when i first got into furry stuff back in the day the website that i went to there was a website called the squeaky clean furry archive and literally the whole point of it was and it eventually turned into a site called yerf and eventually the, the whole point of yerf. it it was non-erotic furry art. It yeah. was like a place where you could go to just look at furry art and not have to worry about dongs or anything like that. And the thing is, is that there's not anything wrong with dongs or anything like that. It's just that you are like me, where you go online and you Google the first thing you ever search for online. It's Tiny Toons Adventures. And you see a picture of, you know, the cat giving... Um, uh, Babs Bunny oral sex. Yeah. And that's the first depiction of oral sex well, you ever what... see. And it's unexpected. Yeah. You know, it's just like... So it's funny that's what Furries Against Yiff are trying to do now with Zootopia. It's so funny, though, because, like, when I... I think of, uh, like, I, I was part of some of these, like, anti-porn movements mm-hmm. and the, when I was a youth. I remember there was one called Burned Fur. I'm sure there's a... What? Encyclopedia Dramatica or slash a furry wiki, somewhere that's about it, that was, like, all about, like, you know, people who, like, want anthro art and not sexual art. It's like, buds, it's a losing race. I feel I feel really bad. It's like, you know what? You just kind of have to... I do like that uh, the characters in Zootopia are attractive enough that they even warrants, like, we gotta preempt this. because have to do it, but this, this is gonna be... This is gonna, this is also, gonna fucking set the com- furry community on fire. Just, that rabbit is too hot. That fox is too, <laughs> too sexy. Just imagine, like, a petition like that working. Yeah! Like, how do you do that? Who do you send that to? A di- who's it? Is it DreamWorks? Oh, man. Like, who did, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, similarly, uh, Clamity John linked to uh, this article recently that just made me lose my shit that was about the Esurance mascot. I don't even remember this. Esurance used to have these animated... I? <laughs> I have personal experience with this. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I have a feeling I know what your personal experience is. But anyway, they were talking about this Esurance mascot where it was, they were trying to develop this cartoon character who would be the mascot for Esurance that would appeal to young people. And because um, it was kind of like a Geico sort of thing where it was like a quick way to do your insurance online. Yeah. And uh, so they made this mascot end up, they're talking about how they developed this brand identity. And they're like, well, what we want to appeal to young men. And they're like, well, you know, Alias was really popular at the time. So we're going to make an Alias-like character and the thing is is that they made a sexual they made a sexy lady in a cat suit and yes she was cartoony but she was still this like this cartoon lady in a cat suit and then they were shocked that people masturbated to her 
I'm like, I what? cannot believe we specifically made this sexual, like this 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 big tittied, yeah. perfectly curvy uh, woman to appeal to young men, <laughs> and they dared to masturbate. Was that her. the same article where they came out and said like that's actually a secret reason why sometimes companies won't will refuse to have like like female mascots or even like have female characters and something. Sometimes it's not even just to have like well no one's gonna buy this or like some kind of weird gender thing. They're just like they just don't want porn of this character they're yeah. trying to come up with the, part on the of internet. It, Part of it was they had a study that was um, that they listed that were various mascots. Here I actually oh, have no. it. Consumer ratings of corporate mascots, and they rated them on obvious things like annoying, believable, funny, sincere. Oh, really? And one of the things they rated on was sexy. And Erin oh, um, no. Esurance was her name, and she got a 19 on sexy, whereas the median score on the other ones was one percent. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, they did this chart that I saw on, in comparison, the comparisons they had were the Pep Boys, the what? Gordon Fisherman Man, <laughs> and Microsoft Clippy. What? And I'm just like, I'm trying to imagine. They have the ratings for Microsoft Clippy? Yes, Clippy was 46% annoying, 4% believable, <laughs> 18% funny, 6% sincere, and 0% sexy. Um, I just tried to look up Rule 34 of Mrs. Butterworth. No. Oh, God. Uh, and unfortunately, sure... it does bring up a couple pictures of Mrs. Incredible. Of course. Uh, someone has taken some screen caps from the Prince of Egypt and kind of made that look like she's made, like, characters made out of maple syrup. What's the hell? Oh, man, I bet you there's totally people who got that fetish from Mrs. Butterworth. It's not that they want to fuck Mrs. Butterworth, it's that they want to fuck people made of maple syrup. <laughs> she get all your hands. Again, is she alive yeah, like, if you're fucking? Like, yeah. I don't know, dude. I still, I feel bad, again, for the blueberry people who, like, get well, worked up a Willy Wonka, like... When she gets squeezed, like there's mechanic stuff where I'm just like, anyway, so my insurance thing. So wait, hold up before you get to it real quick. Then my last thing from this article was I actually took a screenshot of it and I saved it on my phone. Um, they talked to one of the artists and I have a feeling this is where you're going to come in. <laughs> oh, the no. artists who made their living doing erotic art of these characters for a while. And there's this one guy in particular who's like, I made, I made rent money for a year drawing oh yeah, yeah, yeah and like rent and food for a year drawing dirty earring insurance drawing oh man my story actually isn't that that yeah go ahead his his quote is she was wearing these tiny tight white shorts and top her breasts were bursting out and i just thought damn that is one fine tune <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite cutscene from roger rabbit that's oh one fine that's no one i fine i got tune. contracted by uh, Penthouse Magazine of Australia to do illustrate an article for them. Oh, this is different. It was originally supposed to be an entirely different article, entirely different uh-huh. illustration. I was supposed to, I was supposed to do illustrations for an interview with the guy who 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 made who's was it Constantine? I think who invented the character Constantine? Oh, was or that something Alan, like that? Alan, Alan War or something? No, like that? no, no. Or was it Hellblazer or something like that? Anyway, it was supposed to be another guy who did something or something. Uh, that turned into, hey, we're gonna do. We need you to draw us a picture of. I can't remember what the article was about, but we need a sexy thief stealing paintings from an art gallery. And I was like, well, what do you want to look like? And they were like, make her look like the insurance lady. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Because I didn't have TV that I really didn't know. That was my introduction to East. What's her name? Erin Esurance? Erin Esurance. So my abiding memory is how much I pretty much just had to copy that character for like a random <laughs> article. Because they wanted a sexy lady. Sure, you know, yeah, it was yeah, Penthouse yeah. Magazine. She wasn't naked or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. it was 
Essentially, yeah. like, we want a hot titty chick stealing stuff. So they, they, I remember them funny. specifically saying, go look at Aaron insurance. And I was like, what the hell? Was like, oh, that's... They... I remember thinking, oh, she's actually kind of a cute mascot. Yeah, and then no, I didn't realize. Well, you know what's really funny is that I, on the other end of it, as just, like, a young per- as a young woman in, like, the 2000s, I remember thinking, Aaron insurance is a... Like, that's kind of a cool she's mascot. Cool. They did these little cartoons and everything, and there was, like, a male counterpart. I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. I kind of like Oh, there was a male counterpart? See, again, was... I never barely any saw that. Um, But, uh, yeah, and I'm like, man, of course. Like, I just love the idea of, I can't believe we made the sexy character and people masturbate no, to but on the other hand it's like people masturbate to anything oh yeah no it's like and not the, just guys but just people can yeah. like yeah it's and human the, sexuality the, one of the reasons why they killed Aaron Esurance was because you googled Aaron Esurance or just Esurance and google results would just be filled with pornography well I, even, I would imagine even uh, Aaron Esurance when google does his autocomplete must be like Aaron Esurance titties yeah Aaron Nate, nudes naked. tits yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one of the for some reason when I typed in Rule 34, one of the first things that came up was Rule 34 Ego? <laughs> and there is Rule 34 of this. It's a, I'm so it, glad I can't see It's a sexy right jackal hanging out on a stack of pancakes covered in specifically Ego branded, uh, which is not a thing as far as I'm aware of, Ego branded uh, maple syrup. But it's a small jackal. It's like a plate size. It's like the animal shrunken down. Yeah. This this jackal's just ja- hot jackal lady is about to get eaten on a stack you know, of pancakes. I, I always feel conflicted. We've talked about this, but like fetishes is a, it's such an interesting. No, thing. I'm not making fun of. You, it, that's the thing. I never want to. It's so easy to be like, haha, that person gets off the thought of ego waffles and ego syrup. But on the other hand, I feel like how beautiful is it that because of the internet, you can meet other people oh, who are yeah. into your thing and like find the safe space and like you know. I always am torn. I'm like, does that stuff sort of like aggravate these things and like make you kind of go down a path you might not otherwise well, or are you just finding a safe community and like you're finding a supportive space well we all met each other me you and dylan because we were all part of like an online <laughs> live journal community about how much we wanted to fuck the captain from treasure planet <laughs> uh it would be the captain from uh titan AE, actually oh really wait what's you the captain probably from titan AE? uh here i will show you and you will see why dylan and more I than the treasure him. planet lady the cat lady. Oh, her? I don't want to fuck her. I'm going to be her. I'm, you know, it's different. Well, can't you I'm going to be both? Captain Amelia. What I'm you are my car her after her, a not because I wanted to fuck my car. <laughs> okay. um, I think his name was Kelso, Titan A. Was, that's the guy who ends up, spoilers for Titan A, he ends up being the traitor? Yeah, you guys should watch Titan A on Tarn of the Party. I, actually, I don't know if Daniel's ever seen that. I've seen, I've seen that before. Actually, you know what? I'm going to... Um, to our show notes, I'm going to add to the Tardy of the Party show notes. Oh, Titan boy. 8. I'm actually going to add to Daniel's. Christ Here we almighty. Go. Here we go. I can't find a good picture of him. It's almost like that movie has no actual stills that are good. But uh, Who's he voiced by? I think he was voiced by like Greg Kinnear or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not like the... the, the but he's totally like a Phoebus type sort of dude. Phoebus meets Han Solo, yeah. Yep. No, everyone loves that guy. Mm-hmm. Is well, it, that movie is so unlikable. It's Bill Pullman. It's Bill Pullman. Corso. Corso, that's right. I was close. Oh, that, man, that movie is 90s as fuck. Matt Damon, <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Bill Pullman, John Leguizamo, Janine Garofalo. Uh-huh. Wow, Jim Cummings. Dear Lord. Anyway, believe it or not, this is the fucking Geek Week in Review where we talk about news of the week. This is our only second thing. We're barely two. We're only two in. Jesus Christ. Anyway, bully to you. You know what? <laughs> it's like t- I'm 10 years removed from the furry fandom I think at this point 
bully to these people who are trying to keep it clean. Uh, yeah, preemptively, they're like, this is like, yeah, we have to keep we have to keep Zootopia pure. It's interesting. Well, it's like it's like people write fan fiction where it's like you know you can't say I write fan fiction out out loud without having something someone hearing like oh you write people raw dog at each other. I do have to admit, like I saw Zootopia porn before I saw the Zootopia trailer. <laughs> I, me, and there's actually some pretty good where I was like, oh okay. I don't know. <laughs> have a lot of practice drawing That's this shit. Some of these things I'm like, this is actually like, like, especially some kind of weird Japanese shit where I'm like, it's like really nicely like, like actually that's my good drawing. My first exposure to pornography was furry pornography. Especially because like, I've seen the Fuda, was it Fuda when the chicks has the dicks? Uh, you are asking the wrong And so it's the bunny fucking the fox? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really well drawn. It's one of those things where I'm yeah. just like, kudos to you. <laughs> like, I was, this must be a professional artist who yeah. in the time off is drawing like, Again, kind of like filling the fox out with so much giant cock <laughs> that the cock is like the fox is cock shaped. This is the worst. And the cock lady is all like, "Yeah, you get it." I'm like, I'm like, man, am I, am I, am I contributing to some of good by by being in this podcast? I never know. I tried to listen to the um, uh, to the tardy of the party where y'all guys talked about Lion in Winter because I love Lion. Oh Winter. God, yeah. I wanted to hear y'all's conversation and like literally ten seconds <laughs> in, you're like. We're spackling our anuses with culture, and I just like turned it off, and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I don't blame oh, anyone. Boy. No, like the number of people come up to me and say, "Like I haven't listened to an episode or two of your podcast," and I'm like, "You didn't keep on listening." They're like, no. <laughs> no, and I'm like, "I totally understand." <laughs> Not hey. gonna get offended. I would like people to listen to the podcast and continue to listen to the podcast, but I, yeah, I don't it's, blame. it's yeah. Hey everybody! Did you know that Panasonic? I I read about this. This pissed me off. Oh god! Though it makes sense. It's our inevitable future. Panasonic remotely updated a bunch of its smart TVs to display banner ads every time owners manipulate the volume of their television. Manipulate? I thought it was just turning on the TVs. No. Well, it, it's that too. But it's like when you turn the volume up or down, your volume control is brought to you by. Oh my fucking god. Uh-huh. Oh my fucking Welcome god. Welcome to our future. They well, did I mean, make it so you can go in and turn those banner ads off, but you had to go out of your way to figure out, because, like, they oh, had to... man, and no one will. It's like, that's like saying, like, s- frame smoothing. Like, everyone can Well, that's what I'm that saying. Off. Like, it's like, like welcome to, to the new thing that's going to be when you go to your parents' house for Thanksgiving this yep. year. Yep. That's the thing you're going to have to turn on. Like, guys, you don't need this banner ad for Deadpool <laughs> on your TV. Oh, we need to cut this podcast short. <laughs> But man, the trailers before Star Wars, yeah, I have yeah, yeah. never, I don't know if I've ever heard an audience react with such like apathy and venom as I've heard that audience react to fucking the Deadpool trailer that aired before yeah. the Star Wars movie. Where people are like, what the fuck is this garbage? Yeah. Man, that Deadpool. You need to be a 12 year old boy. That movie should be called Asshole, the motion picture. That really is designed for like, it's like sub beavis. It's, it's like, it's not even, I can see what they're going for, but it's still just so like. They're trying to do the Guardians of the I'm Galaxy touch of DC. Uh, yeah. It is so badly done. I mean, but that's also very true to Deadpool's character from what I know of Deadpool. I read a couple extras of the Deadpool thing. It was kind of funny from, like, a meta-comics kind of perspective, but that, like, is just so... Well, it's like that fine line between, like, Daffy Duck and Duck and Buck. Yeah. To, you know, like... Oof. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But... Um... Yeah, fucking hell. But yeah, when I went home to Texas for Christmas, my parents had m- motions moving on, and I started to have that conversation with them, but I'm like, they don't care. Yeah. They literally don't care. So um, unless you're going to be stuck watching TV all weekend yeah. or something like that. We watched, we watched uh, Hot Fuzz. I showed them Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And the whole time I was like... <laughs> like 
This is bad. Did this you tell her to avert their eyes when Timothy Dalton's head gets crushed by I, a... I forgot how violent that movie was. I felt awful. My parents Oh, no, because you got do... the one guy gets his head crushed, but then Timothy it's Dalton gets It's all terrible violence. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have a lady who gets sh- stabbed through the throat with gardening shears. Like, it's just... Man, I didn't think of Lion of Winter's baby Timothy Dalton in that movie. Baby Timothy Dalton. Wait, no, that's not Timothy... No, it's not... It's, it's Pierce Brosnan in Hot Fuzz, I think. No, it's Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz. It's not Pierce Brosnan. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, it's it's Pierce Brosnan in The World's End. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Monkey pants. Some poor assholes wound up archiving 200 floppy disks full of Gene Roddenberry's ramblings from the 1980s. Yeah, so I guess Gene Roddenberry in the 1980s, late 70s, early 80s, he uh, had someone, he like uh, commissioned somebody to build him his own personal computer Mm -hmm. uh, from scratch. And uh, so I guess, like, yeah, I don't know why now suddenly suddenly someone decided to go through his computer and all of his, like, hard drives and floppy disks. Uh, but they're doing that now. And so the big thing is, like, what mysteries of the universe yeah. can we find from Gene Roddenberry's floppy disks? And, of course, it's just going to be, like, fucking yeah. half, half-written half scripts and his, like, little fan fiction porn about his yep. own characters and shit Notes, like that. You know. uh, but, yeah, it's just funny that there's a huge geek news. Like, what do you think, like, like he, what do you think you're going to find out that he, like, wrote a whole, like, a new series of Star Trek that he never showed anybody? Or oh, yeah. It's just like when you have a creator and any of their writings are uncovered. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is this fragment of this person that I thought Gene was Roddenberry is a terrible writer, though. <laughs> like, I know from a pop culture standpoint Dude, of view, you could say the same thing about fans, George Lucas and stuff. Say, but fans yeah. don't care. You know, when you love something, Thing, you don't you lose all ability to and he only died like 10 like 20 maybe 20 years ago it's not like it's the not, tap it's not like the king tut try. yeah i'm just saying it's like when you love something yeah. and you get more of it it's just a little goofy it. anyway uh uh i cannot say it correctly because i am not en français but there was a big kerfuffle this week with ang Angle- i figured you'd you'd know more about this than Angle-may? i do this, so, yeah uh they it's a Angoulême? it's a what is it bend and his just Disney's fucking fucking this up. Uh, it's a French comic show. It's a prestigious French comic show. They had their like, was it Lifetime Achievement Awards or just their cartoonists? Of I think it was 2015? the cartoonist of the year. It was like the hot list of like, yeah, everyone who did. I thought not a single. I just because the they were French. And everyone, all I've ever heard from the comics community is how great Angoulême is. Yeah. I thought they were a little bit more ahead of the times than this fucking caveman shit. Yeah, it was there. They literally had, like, they had their nominees for a year's worth of cartoonists. What a year when a lot of really good comics came out made by women and not a single lady on the list. I think they said there's, like, less than half a dozen pe- women have ever been nominated for this, like, essentially it's a cartoonist of the year award. Yeah. And, like, one lady won back, like, 35 years ago. It's also one of and those, yeah. It's just... So, what does it start out? Daniel Klaus first pulled out. He's like, if they can't bothered to find any women to nominate for this thing i don't want to be part of this and of course I think like now about nine nine i think out of the other creators a third of them yeah which of people pointed out then that turns into the stories about how heroic these men that's are that's the thing it's like, that's like the they're problem standing up for women is a lot of times it turns into it makes women more pedestal than yeah. before it's like it's really one of those things where it's like fuck it they should just cancel it this year and just next year sort of I think they like, did come out. Well, I, I they, there may have been a second statement, but the first statement that came out, the leader came, leader of Angolam came out and said, "What do you want us to do? Rewrite yeah. history? There hasn't been that many women, women writing comics." Which don't build. Well, I'm just saying though, but like from from a certain perspective, even if that's what you mean to say, there's a way you could at least kind of say. But we do recognize that's because women have been. The reason there haven't been as women as many women in comics as there should have been is because of a systematic yeah. system of oppression. There's a way you could like even say that where you could be like, "Hey, but yeah, I'm a 21st century human being. I can be 
sympathetic yeah. towards what we're saying here. If they, but no, they came out and said, what do you want us to do? Have like a time machine and go back and make it so women draw comics? <laughs> that's essentially what they came out and said. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not the right answer here. No. Jesus and so I, I think they did have a second thing where they did come out. And, I think they said they are reevaluating something, something, something. But it's... As a woman who loves comics and games, I feel like those furries who are trying to keep free art clean... <laughs> Yeah. It just feels like one of those things where I'm just going to get tired one of these days. I'm going to move on. Well, it's interesting. I've get been reading. Knitting. In the special effects industry now, there's mm-hmm. a push to get more women involved in special effects. And that this is kind of the conversation they're having now in the special effects industry. They're like, okay, that's great. But, like, there's, like, three women in this industry. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, is it because there's only three women interested in special effects? Or are they yeah. just the, the more women that wanted to be in this? Have they been driven out because of a systematic? Yeah. And, you know, this conversation comics have been having forever and movies and stuff like that. But yeah. And it is because statistically women aren't quite as interested in some things as some guys are. It's because we're not welcome. But well, that's the thing. You have to decide how much of that is just, oh, genders, blah, blah, blah. Or it's yeah. exactly. Or it's, like, the social contract keeping women out. And, like, yeah. I think you could say, like, you know, like, you like you know there's not many as many I, I think it's there's somewhere in the middle sure yeah yeah but yeah you can't just come on and be like women well, just don't like to draw comics we're like, no, ladies that's not your answer we're yeah. ladies yeah that. blaming women for not there, being there more women is not just oh my god yeah so and I, who knows Fuck. all those brave oh. men don't worry they especially when it's true. like the French men are like oh well we the women don't want to be in comics they're just like it's oh really good. it's even really more good pretentious yeah and like just even seeing all the names of the guys who were withdrawing their names from competition so they it was all the oldest whitest guys even from like a gender thing from perspective they're old these guys have been getting these awards nonstop for like 20 30 years now you think just well you know look at part some of the kind thing, of new talent when you when you Regardless think of award what does an award do it acknowledges yeah. someone for a life of work which is valuable because comics there's not a lot of reward in comics yeah. so you know but there's not that a, many people metal, in comics too at well, the same time well on the other hand it's like what does the other thing awards do it gets eyes on fresh talent yeah you know well, like, that's exactly a lot of times the only way i know about i f- i mean the only way i fucking really discovered eleanor davis in the last year was that i saw that how to be happy was getting all these glowing reviews and yeah. i'd seen some of her work online but i hadn't really read it and i got how to be happy it fucking blasted my brain out my ears it's such good cartooning and so compassionate and personal and like sacred heart was one of the best comics i've read in years and then my friend had kate not put it shoved it in my hands i never would have read it and it's like you know if you don't have these like things that are these flags that are egging these people on then they're just going to continue to be obscure and that 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 to me more than anything else that was kind of disappointing to me is like yeah it's like fucking loving rockets guy i don't know michael bendis doesn't need the award that's what i'm saying exactly and maybe if we are talking about a lifetime achievement award that's that of course you give that to somebody after they've made most of the stuff but if it's just like so-and-so of the year yeah brought your shit a little bit Yeah, yeah come on we're all gonna be we all got fucking 95 maybe 70 to 95 spins on this planet earth you could like have one of them go to someone who's a little younger and more interesting than just like yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be dan Klaus for the 15th time yeah, yeah. so anyway uh oculus rift opened up pre-orders for its bullshit <laughs> i didn't mean to do that 600 i just opened made that note that i was like 600 bucks that is bullshit man it's been interesting to see the backlash against this because the thing is is that when you get it's not like you're getting a a complete thing. You have to not only spend $600 on the Oculus Rift, but you have to have a high-end PC, too, yeah. to power the Oculus Rift. And I think that kind of bit the... Was it Palmer Lucky, who's the inventor of Oculus Rift? Uh-huh. Uh, he, I think one of his first things was, like, a year ago, he was saying... 
Uh, an Oculus Rift and a, uh, and a and a new computer to run this thing would cost about thirteen hundred dollars. With most of that just being like a, like a, like a thousand dollar computer, because up until recently he was saying this isn't going to cost more than like what yeah. like three hundred three hundred fifty bucks, and it turns out it's twice that much. Yeah. And so of course this big kerfuffle where people are like, well, like this is going to make it so VR can't, is not going to be adopted by everyone, and, and the people will learn in love with this shit. Like, what do you expect? It's futuristic. Uh, you can't yeah. expect it to be cheap. And like, who gives a shit? Like, this is <laughs> yeah. To be terribly honest with you, I think both are true. I think that I mean, any every new technology when at launch is prohibitively expensive to yeah. most consumers, and it's always passionate. Uh, what's it called? Um, not new believers, but like those first early time. adopters. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you for providing. I can't like, believe I remembered something. It's Jesus. always those passionate early adopters, and uh, you know, and also it's like I work in manufacturing. It is hard to make new shit cheap the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to make new good shit cheap the first time. But on the other hand, six hundred fucking dollars. And there was a great thing and I saw on Twitter. Are who cares? Yeah, it's you can't use it with anyone else. It's by yourself. Yeah. There's like going to be three things for it at least. It's not going to be at least another decade until this stuff becomes feasible. Yeah. You assuming like this this doesn't just fade away overnight. It's like it needs a, a killer. App. I saw on Twitter like I retweeted this. It was someone like it was the announcement of the fact that uh, Oculus Rift cost six hundred bucks along with a brand new like headline from like cnn or something talking about how 75 percent of america's uh population is 500 dollars away from physical calamity yeah. and just like oculus rift is 600 bucks most americans are 500 dollars away from ruin ruining yeah, yeah. like that's the, all you need to know about this yeah. kind of like shit where it's just like mm. like 600 dollars doesn't seem like a lot if you leave you're just like you've got a lot of money to burn you're not paying like you're just fucking around but like What's the problem with like fetish, the fetishistic relationship our culture has with technology? Yeah. It's like you always have to have something new. You always have to have the best. Like it's not about fixing what you have. It's about getting something bigger and better. You can't. Like it's not technology that's designed. I mean, it's always obsolescing. Yeah. And... Well, a lot of people were comparing this to, like iPhones because yeah. iPhones are yeah. like like six. I mean, I, I paid seven hundred dollars for an iPhone. But iPhones have at least evolved to the point they're way more useful than a fucking VR headset yeah. are now. I mean, really, and that's something that's like you modern. A modern person, as much as they hate to say it, their their smartphones are their life. Yeah, like that's and their well, at least the now they've kind of made it so like smart. You can update your smartphones to like a new model for like minimum. You're not always paying seven hundred dollars, yeah. seven hundred dollars every yeah. generation or anything like yeah. that. So at least like that. And granted, that's almost the smartphones are almost like this, but that is a smartphones are a thing that's been around for almost a decade and has kind of like come down to where it is. I still think of smartphones as being a rich, fancy people sure. thing. Yeah, and it is. Kind it of, is. I mean, but at least point. it's now, at least for the middle class, it's a little more affordable and not just yeah. like an extravagant. I paid six or seven hundred dollars yeah. for this phone that I could also check Twitter on. Yeah. But yeah. They're assholes like me. were like, I paid only and they're big, giant fucking air quotes around only. Two hundred fifty dollars for my phone. Yeah, and that's still. And it's like, but even that, it's like two hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus Christ! That is a lot. I live in a dual income household, and most of the time, I feel like I'm barely scraping by. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, that's the thing. Talking about all this tech, while well, like the get, like the the, the the gap between like the America's middle class is disappearing right now as we speak, mm-hmm. and the class warfare shit's getting worse, and just like. And everyone's like, eh, I get what's left. Man, yeah. if you wanna, just... if you wanna put eat the rich in one sentence, you show that jackass cover. What was it? Time. Yeah. Oh. Dude, like, it, it, I think this... that was the guy. Yeah. That was. And it's like, it's not. He, it's poor dude. He's just like a de- developer. He's just trying to create. He's just this an thing engineer. Yeah. He's just making a thing, and it's just like, man, what is more like when there are people this who are like, trying Antoinette to figure shit, out? Yeah. It's, seriously, it's like Jesus Christ. 
Kudos to anyone who bought it. Though. We're not just no, besmirching, yeah, yeah. but we're just I talking mean, about everyone are fighting over this stuff, like whether it's worth it or not. It's I mean, just like new technology is always like I'm abstractly. I'm like that sounds interesting. Like VR, a compelling VR experience sounds amazing because my favorite sort of games are narrative experiences where you're interacting with other characters and building relationships, and that could be interesting yeah. in a VR experience. Even though I really much prefer a experience where I am controlling a character who is not me. And I think that VR may be may remove too much abstraction, yeah. and it might make it unsettling to me. Well, it's funny you know? to see how people compare uh, Oculus Rift to like. Well, it's only like an extra hundred bucks more than like than like any of the more recent consoles that have been sure. put out. Yeah, and you, that's the last thing you want to because consoles are dying. Yeah, if you're gonna like pretend this is just a gaming console, yeah, like there's even less room. Like consoles are dying as as is, and they're yeah. cheaper and have way more software than the Oculus yeah. Rift, it, Oculus Rift is ever gonna have. And unless you don't have to buy anything to play. It. Yeah, you exactly. bought it. You bought it. That's it. As long as you have a TV and electricity in your house, you can yeah. play those games. You don't need to like hook that up to another like thousand dollar thing to get it to run. Yeah, it's and like as, still no one has sold me on what what can VR do. Yeah, but on the it other could hand, do interesting. Hopefully, they people do find something yeah. interesting. But like, and, and to be terribly clear, I am not the audience for this. I have vertigo issues. You know, I have uh, dizziness issues and uh, I'm not just gonna, It's and it's just not sort of, the sort of gaming experiences that it seems to be geared towards are not, yeah. not for me. Anyway. When they give you our porn though, sign me up. It's like, you know, when That's I can, Zootopia shit. When I can have my, uh, my dick sucked by a nectarine, then you can call me up. I'm all on, <laughs> I'm all on that. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, did you know that Kaboom Comics is turning Over the Garden Wall into an ongoing comic series? Yeah, I forgot who's actually involved in this, but it's interesting because Go Over the Garden Wall is such a very specific story. I kind of wonder what that story is going to be about. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's all kind of like a dreamlike sort of experience. So yeah. in some ways, you could argue that it could. Also, you could do like the classic um, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub thing where it's like stories in between. That's what it sounds like because it sounds like the first couple issues. There's at least one issue is going to be about uh, just more characters in mm-hmm. the unknown, and but some of these stories are supposed to be about uh, Greg and Wirt after they come back from the uh, from the you mm-hmm. know so which is kind of like what's the story then because yeah. it's kind of like oh we're going to do Wizard of Oz comics that's about Dorothy after she returns from Oz. Yeah. It's I like, mean, Kaboom okay. is really good at getting good talent on these projects. Yeah, we'll see what so. it's an interesting idea. Yeah, it's a, be, yeah, be yeah, because they did it. like a one-off. I think they did, but this is going to be an ongoing series. But yeah, yeah. Um, the rumor is that there's not going to be an Assassin's Creed in this coming year, which is weird because you think of all years for them to want to have a new Assassin's Creed game. I mean, that Assassin's Creed movie is supposed to be out ne- this November. Yeah, November 2016. Um, that I, they've got to be if they're not going to come out with a new Assassin's Creed, they got to just be remastering the first one, right? You can't. Well, I I believe, or that, at least a collection of like the first three games. So uh, it's it's exactly like uh, I believe them doing that. But uh, I it's like uh, I saw someone make some sort of comment where like you know why there's not a big AAA game being released with the Star Wars movie? It takes less time to make a Star Wars than it does to make a fucking AAA game. Well, no, there's Battlefront, but that, again, but yeah, they they barely enough time to even get that like kind of like half-ass game That's like game a handful done. of multiplayer maps. Well, that's what I was complaining like, about. There's you know, nothing there. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just like games are so fucking hard to make. What I thought was most, I'm I'm happy that it, that they take a fucking break and no, but they've annualized it. They they could make. Unity was so bad and bombed so hard. So well, see, that's what I'm surprised. Better? I'm surprised they didn't take off a year last year 
so they could have the game. It was probably, I mean, at, when you think about development cycles and shit, it was probably too late to pivot at that point. Yeah. Like, this is today. I mean, think of how fucking businesses work. This is not, like, two assholes in a basement talking about shit. This is hundreds of humans in tons of departments and tons of teams all over the world. Like, that's not the sort of thing you're like, eh, we'll just skip a year. We'll push it out. It's like, no. They were make, they made this choice possibly even before Unity came out. Yeah. It may be as a response to, like, maybe the fatigue that people were feeling before Unity. Well, have you heard about the production? of the new Assassin's Creed movie like what like it was a result oh my god what's the joke come here it, it was just it was just a drama that uh, uh, Michael Fassbender filmed a couple years ago where he was like like, like a gay computer store manager <laughs> and now they're just going back and photoshopping him like a blade and like a hat onto him and all the different <laughs> scenes you know he was, I was like yeah no one's gonna notice it's gonna be um, um but I still I, can't believe that movie's a real thing that's coming oh, out man. I I saw I saw the first poster and I was like, this looks so bad. I, I genuinely thought it was someone's fan Photoshop work because it looks like really good fan Photoshop work. Yeah. I'm like, this can't be real. And then I saw a more recent one that's like Fast Fassbender and a woman or something and they're both in Assassin's Gear. And like, they ha- he has the fucking Assassin's Creed logo on his hoodie. Which I was like, could people point it out? Because I was making fun of that on Twitter. People were like, well, like, you know, they, Ezio and they have like on their belts. This is true. But like on the hoodie? It's an it's element, like, but it's like, not you can like, totally see Ubisoft saying, we know, we need that cap. logo every, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. It's not just like cleverly or subtly woven yeah. into his costume. It's yeah. like, oh, I gotta have to Also, frankly, there's a long history of fucking fraternal order belt buckles where yeah. that's like part of it's your like shit. Your first, your first shot of Batman from a new Batman movie, it would be like if he was wearing a Batman baseball cap yeah. or something. It's like, oh, come it's on, guys. So it's just funny. Well, I mean, on the other hand, you could make the argument that we live in the era of superheroes also, and it's all about that. So I wonder if the plot of the game is going to be an actual extension of, or the plot of the movie is going to be an actual extension of the plot of the games or if they're going to reboot everything, which There's... means that they're going to have to reboot the game story. Well, I don't know. I, f- I feel like, well, the other half of this rumor that you didn't get on is that the, um, the, the next rumored Assassin's Creed game is set, is rumored to be set in Egypt and ancient Rome. Before the Assassins and Templars are Or yeah. um, actually be split up into two games, one with Egypt and one with ancient Rome. And um, that it's supposed to be sort of a... Uh, uh, because the Assassin's Creed story, like of the mythology of the modern day stuff, has been kind of it well, technically ended a game ago. Yeah. So it's like you know now they're kind of more uh, uh, when you watch um, Patrice Desle, uh talk about Assassin's Creed two when he talks they they're like what was it like building a new IP and he was like it didn't feel like an IP because it felt like a license game except the license is history. So it's like we we're just adapting random moments in history and you yeah. can do that. Ever. You don't have to reboot jack shit. There is no one on this earth except for maybe 20 people who have played every single Assassin's Creed game and know every single part of the story. I really don't think they have to. At I think they can point, just do it indefinitely. Well, I was just wondering, like, at some some point, uh, why don't they just eject all the modern day stuff anyway and just say, hey, okay, That's this is just... the only thread connecting it all, though. It's like, if you lose no that... One cares about, again, but no one cares about that thread, then... Why that not just thread allows them to do whatever the fuck they want. You can have a story that's told between characters. Say, okay, this is like now you're gonna find out what happened. Like this, like this, well, this is the prequel to the previous game. Now you're gonna find out more stuff. Like there's a way to make those games without you don't sure. have the modern day stuff. Well, you can just downplay, which is what they did a lot with uh, Syndicate. Like yeah. it's almost non-present. Um, you can just have it be. I mean, that was what, as I recall, Black Flag mostly was. Is that it's like. Uh, yeah, you're just playing a game. And it's interesting, too, because I guess whoever was talking about this Egyptian game, they said it's mostly like Black Flag because, you know, there's not, like, huge yeah. things to climb up on top, except for, like, a pyramid. I really um, wonder um, if this game is the... Many, many years ago, we saw a little bit of footage and some screenshots that, yeah. of a 
Prince of Persia Osiris, which was like a, a prince supposed to be like a Prince of Persia soft reboot where it was like, but you're playing this big brute dude in Egypt. Yeah. And uh, I vaguely remember seeing footage of him walking through the crowd, but I went looking for it and all I could find was um, temp animatic for an intro slash promotional video and screenshots. No. But I could have sworn out a stack of Bibles. There was some footage. Did you see what? Like, somebody was talking about that in relation to this news uh, and it was just uh, somebody talking to somebody at Ubisoft about like why aren't you guys still like why isn't any of this like what happened to your Prince of Persia games and they came out and said we don't know the IP to that why are we going to spend any more money on on us bolstering an IP to win because uh, I guess whoever what's his name Jordan Mechner Jordan came, I guess he still owns the IP to that to him. It was like, well, like it's it's why should we we're better off just investing in Assassin's Creed oh my god that's my my heart beeper just went off <laughs> <laughs> is that your doorbell? That's now? our front doorbell. I guess someone's here. Uh, uh, well, you know, the Prince of... Well, one thing that's interesting when you watch this this devs play with Assassin's Creed 2 is that um, uh, Assassin's Creed was originally a sequel to Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Yeah. And that they j- just turned into something else. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I'm, I'm excited about the rumor that they do something that is not... Because, like, they did... They were a moment in time, and then they just kind of pushed... To closer and closer to the present, yeah, and that's not as interesting. Like they they dropped clues. In, I think it was in Brotherhood or uh, Assassin's Creed Two, where you see all these assassins and you see like an ancient, uh, a, a female assassin in ancient Rome, and you see like an uh, ancient Greek assassin, and like we know that they've existed as long as humankind has existed. So why not go back? Is in it time? Syndicate the evil lady came came back, or that was the rumor for the Minerva, Egyptian game Minerva, Minerva does show who's up the evil in... alien? Or something she like that. shows up in the um, oh, optional game. World War One. That's what it was. Oh, I, that that a giant bomb was talking about that. Their yeah. game of the year podcast. Yeah. Anyway, we should we should shove for because you yeah. got you got to be out of here in fifteen. Minutes. I gotta go. I gotta go take care of my kitties. Um. Anyway, uh, Deadwood is, has a reunion movie incoming. Yeah, I remember you liking Deadwood. You know, it, I really enjoyed Redwood. Uh, Deadwood, and I tried to rewatch it, and I can't anymore. Yeah, I just can't. That is like 10 years ago. Well, I don't know. It's just something about... Uh, it's just too much. It's yeah. just... It's, uh, a, the you get fragile in your old age. I, it's hard for it's you to watch much an, hour, an hour of uninterrupted television. But you get to see like topless I get tired. And, yeah. You know? I'm just like, oh, man. Oh, man. But it's funny. You go back and watch that shit. Like, was it Kristen Bell shows up and all kinds of shit in that show? Yeah. And like... Yeah. Uh, but yeah... Uh, it, it, just wa- I just of... want to watch an Al Swearingen ma- montage. That's all I want from that shit. Well, you know what? I forgot that those characters are actually based off of real characters. Yeah. Too, because people pointed out that like whatever happens if they do come back and make a movie out of this. So this the the head of HBO just gave uh, both came out and said yes, uh, a Deadwood movie is probably going to happen, and they officially did give the uh, go ahead to what's his face, to, uh, the the creator of the show, to at least start working on a script for a Dead Deadwood reunion movie. Yeah, and I guess Timothy Alphand is done with justified yeah and he's not gonna be agent 47 or whatever the fuck that hitman shit yeah Al, well, what Al else Swearingen is everyone else is no is, one else is doing is, anything is, uh ian mcshane isn't up to anything yeah uh, yeah why not but people point out like do you have dad do you have it take place 10 years later to like like if do you adhere to the timeline of whatever happened to all these characters in real life reboot <laughs> this after reboot bill we don't need the context that we're hacking through time we now just it's we gonna want. start a bunch of like awesome like 20 like 19 year old disney stars <laughs> that would be really funny Jesus. i will say this about warriors one of the best things about warriors is that they're all you know they're all people who have worked out but they're kind of normal looking people yeah. and i kept t- thinking like if the warriors were made today it would be like taylor he's too old now but like taylor lautner and his like his terrifying abs like that would be the whole movie <laughs> Did you 
there was something just like a year ago, I think, um, they got some of the guys who play the Warriors to dress up in their costumes and go back on the subway again. And they're just kind of wandering around New York dressed, but now they're like 50 year old men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, like their little like red, like leather vests. And like, I think one or two people are like, I just saw that movie last night. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, it gets like a couple black guys and like, you know, they don't have the froze or anything uh, anymore. And then they but, meet like, the Lizzie's who really fuck them up. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Mark Laidlaw, the head writer of the Half-Life games, fucking retired <laughs> from Valve. It has been so long since they made a Half-Life game that the writer now lives on Golden yeah, Pond. He didn't leave to like go to another company. He had worked at Valve for 18 years, ah, so he retired. He Oh, he was afraid he was going to die before they made another Half-Life. So he left. I love that the how this came out was fans emailing him directly about news. <laughs> yeah, about I know at this point, yeah. Man, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? If I were Valve, I would never make Half-Life just to fuck with people. I still, fans are justified in being pissed off because like that game, like the last one of these did end on such a huge, it, like it's one of those things where it's not like people wanting another game, but they ended on a huge yeah. fucking cliffhanger. Creators don't owe you it's shit. Like if you made, it's like if you made the Empire Strikes Back and kind of get like said, oh, well, we're going to make Return of the Jedi someday. And you're like, what the fuck? Like... I mean, the, the lengths that people, that, that fans will go to in order to, like... There is sh- no way that they could make a game that would be... Anyone would say, was like, they oh, don't care good. about games anymore anyway, so I don't know. <laughs> like, all they do care about... That's is- not a wearable health product. Like, why would I know, that? yeah, but that's, like... You kind of wonder, because, I mean... Do you just make a Half-Life? Like, I can't believe they actually let this happen without at least coming out and saying, hey, state of... State of... State of the... State of Half-Life 3 address. Valve doesn't have or at to least do just, that. I don't know they don't have to, but like... They're a secret-ass company. They don't the talk about they've shit. they never said anything about this. At least saying, okay, guys, we're working on it. Well, or at least something... Or the last game they came... Well, I guess they do Dota, technically, right? They own... They did. Do- they Portal do Dota. 2 was probably the big... But that was last the last big... non-multiplayer game they did. Yeah. Right? yeah. It wasn't like that or... Wait, no. Blizzard make, makes Hearthstone. But yeah, Portal 2 is probably the last big standalone yeah. single player like a game. It's almost like just... there's no money in that anymore. Yeah. Oh, I bought Annie about Fallout 4 on Steam. Oh, did you? Now you can hate it well, on another Joshin... platform. <laughs> I know exactly. Joshin wanted to play it. Yeah. And so, well, you can both you like whatever both I buy. You be disappointed on a new platform. That'll be good. I gotta find some good mods for that though. <laughs> Imagine, like, oh man, can I find a Piper nude mod? Uh, I think. Oh no, it was a Skyrim mod where um you could mod all the all the female characters pregnant. Why? Just fat, what? beautiful. Are they normal? Beautiful. Are they naked and pregnant? I think, yeah, I think pregnant? it was actually naked and pregnant. That was what it was. Jesus. Uh, rumors. You know what? I would love to have a companion who like swallows all your cheeses and dragon bones, and then the more they swallow, the, the more the they hold they your get. stuff, the bigger they get. So if you've like, like, I like the idea, like you search through your inventory just by going up and like pressing the side of them and just like <laughs> feeling exactly for the shape of, they of just a laser burp rifle. Up a dragon bones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rumors continue to build that Disney is courting Ewan McGregor for at least one Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. That rumor is now expanded to the idea that Disney wants him to make a trio of Obi-Wan Kenobi movies. Again, this is all rumor, but I would not be surprised in the least if that actually happens because Ewan McGregor has always been very much like... If, if they made a good Star Wars, I yeah. wouldn't mind coming back. Can you blame him? And it's been 10 years. He's like the perfect age to be playing he Obi-Wan is. in the wild. It would be good. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's like, well, what's the story then? Because like, it's Obi-Wan just in a desert, like yeah. watching a baby with, micro- <laughs> with, with binoculars. Like, what's the story there? Especially if you want to turn it into a trilogy of three stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when they first announced the new Star Wars stuff, they said, okay, we're going to make three more Skywalker movies, ep- big episode movies, episodes mm-hmm. eight, nine, and 10. And we're going to do three standalones. They've only announced um, the Han Solo 
mm-hmm. the, the the Rogue One, and they never specifically announced the other one as Boba Fett, but that's but whatever. It's, yeah. it's it's enough that like even I think even people working on the movie was like, oh yeah, it's Boba Fett. We can't yeah. say it officially, but it's yeah. Boba Fett. But the guy who was supposed to be making the Boba Fett movie he got bounced off. He's the guy who was making that Fantastic Four movie that failed. Uh-huh. And there's been nothing about that movie since then, not officially, not even rumors for last year. That's just been fucking dead. That sounds like. And I kind of wonder if they said, well, you know, that director's got, let's, like, start from scratch. And, like, yeah, especially if you get Ewan McGregor saying, I could play Obi-Wan. That would be Why cool. not? Yeah. Like, a good, because oh, he was always the best part of the trilogy. Yeah. Like, him as Obi-Wan McGregor, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, is such good casting. And, like, he had actual, bless him, he didn't have much to work with, but there are moments of actual, like, yeah. humanity in his performance. You always wanted to get yeah. to him as a present for just for, like, making the prequels <laughs> as tolerable as they yeah, were. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, well, especially because that, that would be the, the first movie that comes out after the, the episodes 8, 9, and 10 are over. Yeah. So that seems like a good chaser to all the Skywalker movies. It's yeah. like, okay, let's have, like, an Obi-Wan Kenobi one-off yeah. movie about him. Just, like, and, like, of course, people freak out because in the Clone Wars, he had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, what if she comes back and he has to, like, go off-planet to save her? So Are the Clone Wars canon now? Yeah, the the, okay. the CGI cart. Weirdly right. enough, the CGI cartoon is, but, but not, not the, the Genevieve Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And people are like, this is a good way to also like just unify like the Clone Wars era and the, mm-hmm. and the new stuff. And you kind of like, I don't, you, can, you could do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You, you get the right director. Yeah. Maybe not just another white guy, but who knows? I don't know. It's Obi Wan Kenobi story. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Star Wars doesn't like need anyone a, of anything. Ronin, like just wandering around. Well, people, like you got an Asian director. That would be cool if he actually you got know? like fucking you know. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I would watch. I would watch you and Gregor in another Star Wars. That's all I'm like. Yeah, yeah, come on, don't do it, man. So I mean, yeah. we're in this honeymoon period where oh, you know, it's like. Star Wars uh, Force Awakens is pretty good. Yeah, so everyone like can be. Everyone got excited. That, that movie wasn't terrible. And everyone's like, <laughs> "Yeah, let's 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 see how long this fucking money train lasts." Yep. Yeah, I'm still amazed that the that the Marvel train has been going on this long because yeah. where it's like, I mean, we it's have, had its ups and downs, but still pretty. There's yet to be a totally unwatchable Marvel movie. Like, yeah. I would say we've had some pretty close contenders, <laughs> but they've all been like, eh, it was a popcorn movie, yeah. you know. So, but the Star Wars, yeah, at least the first one was actually, you know, it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun. Was all fun. I want to do is have fun at a fucking Star Wars. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. So, anyway, Ryan. oh, hey, Ryan Johnson is in England right now preparing. It sounds like they're going to start filming on episode eight in the next couple weeks. Oh, man, go Ryan! So yeah, I can't believe I said this last week and I said this multiple times, but I I've always wanted Ryan Johnson to do a movie with a female protagonist. I can't believe. Well, it's that's what like I was like I think like even I talked about this on the Star Wars podcast we had. I was like, let's do it because like he's only had one, one really good like female character in his movies, and that was what's her face. Yeah, like, uh, it'd be interesting to see Emma what he Blunt does. was really good in Looper, but even then she was only really allowed to be. Like, she was, like, the perfect union of Mother Madonna and Horror all in one little bundle. So, yeah. you know. And, like, I really like uh, Rachel Weiss in um, uh, Brothers Bloom, but she was only she was only there to be a foil, really, to Adrian Brody. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, like, in Brick, Brick is all about how women ruin Joseph gordon Lovett's life. So, that's you know. A, I mean, granted, you think you would just, like, really, the gender shouldn't matter. He could just, like, treat I mean, the characters as what they he's are. He's playing with tropes. Yeah. And that's all it is. I want him to play with tropes in my favor. I want to see how we handle Poe Finn and Poe because everyone's so desperate to see them gay now. <laughs> like, them what do you do? Out. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway. Hey, pals, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. As always, we're boyhattiepodcast.com at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitter if y'all want to holler at us. We'll be back next week to talk about more pop culture detritus. Yeah, take care, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Adios. May the force be with you. <laughs> oh, no. Tickle, tickle, pee pee. Who are the wolves? I want all the world. Send the word.